Tony Dunn, and not to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. Uh, good afternoon, Panther fans. Uh, happy New Year. And what looked like it was going to be a happy new year and a new day for Sam Darnold and potentially a new era with uh, Steve Wilkes as the head coach of the Carolina Panthers really took a sad turn um, as Sam Darnold took a – I remembered how to be – that he was Sam Darnold. And the Carolina Panthers defense just continued to get torched and torched and torched. So what looked like it was going to be a happy new year and the Panthers potentially uh, having a shot at the playoffs ended in really what was the longest two minutes for a game to ever end in the history of the world. It would just not end. The suffering would not end, but the season is now over. It's the C3 Panthers post game, uh, and I'm here with my wheelman, Cody Lashney, reacting to what is really um, as what it's the end of the Panthers season, really. I mean, it's one more game, but this was the the nail in the coffin of hope. Yeah, this is it. I mean, the worst nightmare that you could imagine before this game came true, that J.C. Horn losing him was the death knell, and the combination of Keith Taylor and C.J. Henderson just getting fucking destroyed on some of the most routine plays that you knew Tampa Bay was going to go after. Um, it, it, it devastated us, man. It really did devastate us. And listen, I know we're going to have a conversation about it today. And there's probably going to be a lot of people that are going to be on Sam Darnold for the interception and for some of the fumbles. Uh, but in my humble opinion, Sam Darnold was not the worst part of this team today. By far. I, I, no, by, by far oh, he God. wasn't. And no, I, he I don't, was, I don't know what we're going to be doing in the future. After- he can't be the worst gonna... part. C.J. Henderson was clearly the worst part, but like C.J. Henderson what... was terrible. But I, I, I'm telling you, I, I think that Sam Darnold, when you look at the touchdowns that he made, Sam Darnold played well today, man. I, I mean, I, I don't know what else to say. I think this game was a shining example of how the Carolina Panthers still have so many holes all around this yeah. football team. We do not have a consistent pass rush. Right. We just do not. And then when your defensive backfield is so hurt and devastated and you're not getting under pressure, it's a recipe for disaster. And uh, Tom Brady is going back to the playoffs, man. I hate it. Um, I wish that we were here on different circumstances. But listen, this has always been your therapy session, and that's what it's going to be today. And Tony Dunn, we're going to do it with the best damn Panther fans. In all of YouTube, our boys Adam Sanders, Drew, Anthony Piccarello, Cody C13, these ill skills. You know G Baby's in here talking shit. Dexter Henderson, Jared, JD864, Panther Pickle, KG70s, <clears throat> Sarah Taylor, Roosevelt Mongo, Peter Quick, Richards Outdoor World, and Underground. West Tony Dunn, same old song and dance. Ain't nothing to it but to do it. Let's roll. 
The number is 252-228-5098. That's 252-228-5098. The Carolina Panthers fall to the on the road uh, to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 30 to 24. We'd like to get your thoughts on uh what you guys thought about this game, what this means for uh, the Panthers going forward, what this means for Steve Wilkes potentially and his continued quest and audition for the head coaching job. Um, and uh, we'll be giving out our our towel shame. I think there's a, a bunch of towels to hand out in this one and a couple of dab on them picks. The Carolina Panthers headed Tampa Bay CK and uh, really had a start that was uh, – Pretty, I mean, it was probably the best start you could imagine the Carolina yeah. Panthers having on the road, coming out there and kind of stunning uh, the Bucks, frustrating Tom Brady, uh, but uh, they couldn't keep they couldn't keep it right. Uh, yeah, so they thoughts just it. briefly. They couldn't keep it, but at the end of the day, um, there's there's plenty of blame to go around. And I'll be honest with you, this offense, no part of this offense is my outside of the offensive line mistakes that had led to the re, the the fumbles by Sam. Um this this was the defense failing on pretty much every level. Like we want to blame CJ Henderson and we absolutely should. We want to blame Keith Taylor and we absolutely should. Those guys got cooked. But we have to talk about this defensive line not getting any pressure on one of the worst offensive line situations in the NFL with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like you should not that that's that's a part of the reason those deep balls have been there. Tom Brady was able to go through five reads and one of those plays like that is absolutely unreal. Um, this is, this is a accumulated f- failure across the board. And, uh, and I think, uh, Tony, your, your, your argument, uh, that, you know, I still will not go along with, but, uh, about Burns is starting to, you know, get heated up a little bit because we needed Burns in this game with going up against a third string or a fourth string left tackle. And he didn't show up. And it's, there is no arguing that. There is nobody in the, in the chat that can say that he got a pressure once or twice. That's fine. He did not impact this game in a positive way in any part of this game. I did not recall one, maybe two, maybe one or two plays that he actually showed up and did something. But the amount of time we were on the, on the field, Burns was not there and he was not being the star that he should be. Um, I'm not, I haven't lost hope in him, but he is absolutely not one that made an impact in this game. When, he, when your stars are gone, J.C. Horn is gone. When you have Dante Jackson gone, when your stars are off the field and you are the only star left on this defense, you have to step step up. And he didn't do that today. Um, it's crazy how from week to week, just so much of the outlook of players and coaches and the future of a team can change uh, so dramatically just from week to week. You know, Brian Burns coming off a two sack game previously, and now you need this defensive line, which just couldn't win on the one-on-one matchup as I mean, they, whenever they got pressure, it came on blitzes, right? They just couldn't win with the natural pass rush and with a depleted secondary, you could only hold so much. So we'd like to get your thoughts. The numbers two, five, two, 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 eight, 50, 98, the Carolina Panthers started out with a touchdown. Then uh, the bucks would fumble the ball. Couple of three punts though, guys, uh, one, two punts more by the Panthers. The defense, Look, they gave us an opportunity. They missed a field goal in the second quarter, and the Carolina Panthers go up 14 to nothing, right, in this game to start this game. Really, this really turned for me, guys, um, on the – I guess it was be the time that we punted 
Carolina was fourth and one on the Carolina 42. And uh, we punted the ball instead of going for it. And this to me is when the game turned. Well, uh, it didn't get out. It wasn't lost by any moment. You're up by two scores at this point, but you punt the ball thinking you're going to pin Brady back and uh, or hope that you don't give him a short field if you can't get this one yard gain. Doesn't matter. Brady just throws a bomb to Mike Evans, who you had already gotten away with one of the bombs early to Mike Evans because he just dropped it. He just let him hit him in the chest. He didn't even drop it. He just let it hit him. Right. But at the same time, they go and they score what was this five plays, 80 yards for a touchdown. And then the Darnold fumble, right? Is or the snap, whatever you want to call it. It's not a, you know, is that botch snap, but the turnover right here then leads to kind of Tampa Bay just jumping back into this game and maybe making a mistake and not going for a touchdown instead, opting for the field goal, making it 14 10 at the half. Right. Uh, but to me, this is when Darnold started to get in his own head right here. Or what I would say is this is the the biggest enemy or challenge to Darnold returned here. And that is himself. I think he started to get nervous or and it's not that he played bad. Look, I think the clock managed look, the play clock. Look, this was continuous. They could have called three delay games during this game. On, on the Carolina Panthers, and Sam Darnold gets one later on, throws an interception, you know. So the offense, though, didn't do enough to, you know, maybe keep uh, the the Buccaneers' offense on the sideline enough. So that's, you know, to, to me, that's where it was for Sam Darnold. That's where we saw, to me, the re return of Sam Darnold, the nervousness. And it started getting – it was just like a little bit wild, man, is that – uh, he just pushed the limit on a lot of plays, man. That clock went down and down and down every time. And it was just, it was, you could just tell, man, it was like, gosh, how can the Panthers hold on? They were able to generate some offense today. And sadly, DJ Moore's best game, arguably of his career today, in a way, uh, was wasted. I'd still finish a thousand yard receiver. Yeah, I mean, so, the, I mean, I think that fourth like, and one, man, I think Wilk should have gone I for it. I agree with that part. Everyone. Yeah, that. Yeah, I think is, we should have <clears> just <throat> fucking gassed it and tried to go up three scores into the half. By you the way, I, I, that's I, on Steve Wilk. I have, to, I have to disagree. Not? I have to disagree with the Sam Darnold looking like he was a bit, it was a bit too much. I felt like Sam Darnold was the only consistent part of this entire offense. Yeah. Like, and I hate that that's DJ. the case. Because it should have been, yeah, well, obviously, but it should have been the run game that was the consistent. That was the problem, right? We should not have had to, like, this was, an, this was clear coming into this game that this was going to be a run or a passing heavy game plan for this offense. And for the most part, it worked, to be fair. But the problem is, is it kept our defense on the field a lot longer than it should uh, because we weren't keeping those long drives. Um, I think that every loss you see that we've had, we've a, we've barely ran the ball even in the first half. Um, by the end of the first half, we had ten rushes by uh, four or by Foreman and, and Chuba. Like that's absolutely ridiculous. Um, and uh, and I think that you know even though Sam looked good, I know that that one interception was a bad throw, but for the most part, outside of that, Sam Darnold was on point. He was making really great throws. Um, he was dropping them in a bucket. Um, and he was making smart decisions for the most part. 
Um, none of this that I, I would, I will tell you again, outside of that interception that got them, gave the ball back to Tampa on the one yard line outside of that, this is not Sam Darnold's fault. There's no part of this. that. No, I don't Sam think Darnold's. it's a fault thing. I just think you could see as soon as they strike back with that long touchdown after you and make it 14, seven, and then the bot snap it goes <laughs> down as a fumble. I don't care whose fault it is. You could see then it was like, fuck, this is like, Dar- I thought you could. And then it just was small stuff. And he played well. He played uh, exceptionally well at, at, at times. But I just, uh, you know, it was like, gosh, can we do, we can only put so much on them. We can only put so much on them. And the Panthers, they just uh, could not, I I don't know. I don't know. It just kind of fell apart, man. And by the way, I like what KG73 says. Uh, Icky uh, straight up got flat out beat on that strip sack. And earlier, uh, Bradley Bozeman snapped the ball too quick. Now, granted, Sam Donald should have jumped on. The fumble. That's, that's I'll 100%. give half of that. I'll give yeah. half that turnover to so, Sam Darnold. But, but half that, of that that's was half because they were Bozeman. letting the play clock that's go half on to Sam fucking Darnold. zero every right. time. So that that brings me to my next question, Tony. And, and it's a statement mixed with a question, right? So the statement first is: Look, I would be happy if Steve Wilkes gets the shot to be the future coach of the Carolina Panthers. But I got to be very honest with you: I don't think he's gonna. I really don't. And it's something that Peter Schrager said before the game today. He was saying, you know, part of the reason why the Panthers uh, fired Matt Rule as early as they did is they wanted a long time to do their due diligence and do all their research about what, you know, what coaches are going to be available and what options are available to them. Um, You know, I don't think that you can put it all on Steve Wilkes, but the decisions that we're talking about, not going for it on fourth down when this is a playoff game. You need a yard. You've had one of the best offensive lines the Panthers have ever had this entire fucking season. And we don't have the balls to go on the road and get a and get a first down. To me, that's bullshit. Another thing is, I know that uh, Josh Norman has not been on the team very long. But how many times does Steve Wilkes have to watch Keith Taylor get his ass whipped on the most routine of coverage plays for him to not put Josh Norman in the football game. You cannot get worse than what Keith Taylor has been doing. And it's dumb. And these are a lot of decisions that, in my opinion, are on Steve Wilkes. And I think that part of that cost us the game today, this off-man coverage. So my question is to to you boys, to the chat, how do you feel about Steve Wilkes going forward? And then we'll get some of these super chats rolling in. I think uh, my personal opinion, I don't think that this should be a negative on his resume. Um, And I say that because I think that he's coming in here with no starting cornerbacks. He's coming in here uh, with, with, you know, honestly going against a guy, you know, who's going to be considered some of the greatest on the, uh, on the planet, right. With Tom Brady. Right. There's there's some things that you have to take into consideration. Steve Wilkes still deserves the majority of credit for what he's done with this team. Um, and I think that when you see the players like we talked about on Tuesday coming out and vocally uh, advocating for this guy. Right. I think that goes a long way. And Tepper hears those things. But to your point, I think that it's hard for a guy like Tepper to not hear the noise and not see a guy 
coming from another team that's been successful, who's had a, a great offense without saying, you know, listen, we need to reset everything. We don't need to go in here with anything. I, I just don't think that, I don't think that Tepper, I think Tepper has to tread very lightly with who he decides to hire if it's not Steve Wilkes. I think that Steve Wilkes, uh, the interview is happening each week. And today he's been interviewing very well. Uh, today did not help his interview. You it know, it was, one of the, it was one of the questions today that um, he just didn't nail. Like if you're on a ever been part of a search committee for hiring a candidate right. and you have these questions, you're going to go give the same questions to the same three people you decide to interview you kind of grade them all out in one mathematical way. That's like one element of how you decide how somebody's going to get a job, at least where I work at. And it's like, uh, he's had a good presentation at moments. He's done pretty well interacting with the committee, right? The committee likes it personable, but today he missed the question. He didn't give the best response to the question. I'm telling you, it's just an opportunity to win. We just have, there's been a couple of them that we, well, I mean, you had to win today. Yeah. You just had to it was, win. It, was and, you know, it, it wasn't that we were unprepared or anything like that. So you're right. It doesn't hurt him, CK, but I feel like right. the Wilkes, like what, what I, I guess what I've been saying is this, is he has to win the job before the season's over or else he might not win. He's probably not going to win it in the interview. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, you have to, and today would have gone a long way making the playoffs. Like, I mean, you win today on the road and then somehow you win next week or you win next week. There's no way you can't hire them. I just think like what Cody's saying right away is today now kind of just opens the door again. Like after the Pittsburgh game that opened the door for the question of, Hey, is he a surefire hire last week after last week? You're like, Oh yeah. Surefire hire. Yeah. Now you're yeah. like, Oh, I could see a scenario where they just don't want any of these guys to come back. And the fact that the defense got scorched, you know, but see, this is why I'm trying to tell you guys is maybe, and I'm not blaming Sam. I'm just saying like, I was like, Oh shit, here it comes. You know, is that when we didn't, you could just see it. Like, look, you can't have Tom Brady against our stupid ass secondary, which is hurt already. Right. And then, you know, it was depleted as it is. I mean, you knew this was going to happen. And Mike Evans had three touchdowns today. He did it on Keith Taylor. But more to me, C.J. Henderson, dude, he quit twice on one play. Yeah. He got burnt. Like, he was like, oh, this play's over. And Mike Evans goes, give it to me. Then he kind of runs after me. He goes, oh, shit, I'm burnt. And then he even tried to tackle him. He didn't do they, anything. He quit again. CJ Henderson is one of the worst tacklers on, in our entire secondary. Does not know how to wrap up. Even when he makes a big play, dude, he's going to give up an even bigger one. And the, fact torched, that, and, and the fact that Tampa Bay, they haven't had a downfield passing attack all year. Okay? And it's not like CJ Henderson is some backup that we tried it out on the field. We traded for CJ Henderson. We traded to bring him here, and literally the three plays that they hit Mike Evans for on those touchdowns was the exact same play. And he was nowhere near Mike Evans the entire fucking time, dude. Listen, this is one of those ones where you have to give uh, credit to the bat daddy. 
and he's been one of the big uh, C.J. Henderson detractors. And he's right yet again, man, because C.J. Henderson is not it. And I think it further points out that the Carolina Panthers are going to need to uh, spend a free agent signing and potentially a draft pick on the defensive backfield. Because the fact of the matter is, C.J. Henderson is not a long-term answer, and Dante Jackson will never be able to stay healthy for a full season of football. Those are the simple brass tacks, fact of the and matter. maybe you could even say that about J.C. Horn at this point. No, not even. Dude, J.C. I mean, has been you one of the better it, but he hasn't, the he hasn't had a, season, a full season yet, which stinks. Like, we I needed mean, him out fair, there today. He, but there's a Horn large talent gap between the two, between J.C. Sure. Oh, totally. Horn. Totally. But the part of the, you know, they say the greatest availability or ability is availability. The problem with JC is not only did he get hurt last year, he's been hurt twice this year, right? And I know they're not anything that's associated with anything, but it's hard to stop to to black that out when you're thinking about injury prone players. And I say that broken foot, broken wrist, broken ribs. Like, dude has been, had broken bones, like, <laughs> everywhere. Like, it's it's starting to become a bit of a problem, right? Um, yeah, this listen, guy's I, some milk, dude. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, you, 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 it makes you wonder, right? Um, but it's hard to not look at that and say, you know, maybe there is a question mark around him moving forward. His place, his ability to play is not in question here. Right. It's clear when he's on the team that this team is far better in coverage, and they don't throw his way. Um, and, and he's, he's, he's a bigger asset to this team than anybody will care to admit. That's a detractor of, uh, JC Horn, including our one and only G baby. Right. But at the end of the day, JC Horn does, you have to have some question marks around him going into the off season. Let's yeah, shout I out mean, these super chats real quick. We got a, a few, oh, we, got, we got four of them, man. Yeah, shout out to these, to these fantastic Panther fans, Roosevelt Mongo shout out Roosevelt. Uh, with the $10 bomb says, sing old song and dance for the Panthers uh, in their history and get your hopes up just to let you down. I put that on Twitter too, man. Like who who will snatch away your happiness quicker and more sudden than the Carolina Panthers do? The every other know. week, Carolina Panthers. Yeah, man. Uh, Ross Gould with the $5 says, there is still a better, uh, this is still a better feeling than losing a home playoff game to the Cowboys. Uh, Ross, I disagree with you, brother. Thank you for the five, but dude, a playoff game is a playoff game. At least you made it to the dance. Okay? Uh, yeah, the, it would have sucked losing to the Cowboys, but dude, making the playoffs, that says something about your squad. And I, I just think that it would have been so much better if we did, but uh, that's not going to happen, man. Dexter Henderson from across the pond uh, with the uh, four, four pounds, 49 cents. He says at least the majority... Uh, at least the majority of the team kept pounding mentality going until the very end. A lot of positives to be taken from this season. Absolutely, Dexter. We have some good things, but this loss revealed a lot of holes as well. And then your best on White Chocolate Expresso at 199 says injuries uh, injuries are different bone from different bones are freak accidents. Maybe so, man. I, yeah, I just, but I, it's just comment so like it's just you're yeah. not there we you know like look we got torched today how many yards yeah. did they give up like 400 and something yards in uh, yeah. uh in the air and that's the thing yards. is this like ck said it's not about a question of the player and then when we say injury prone that's exactly what injury prone kind of is though 
is that like it just always is something. That's it. It's like, I mean, even Christian McCaffrey's injuries were never like the same injury. You know, it's just about are you going to get a full season? And like, look, JC Horn would have helped a lot today. A lot today. Oh, wow. I mean, he and the secondary, first of all, frankly, hasn't been good even with him, not because of him, but the other guys right. have been so bad, right? Is that it was already bad enough. We were giving up tons of yards through the air anyway. It was just, it wasn't like JC J. Horn was the only positive thing out of all of it. Yeah. Today would have helped. Uh, but <clears throat> now what's kind of crazy about this is you sit here and go, man, under Matt Rule, if there was anything that he did well or of note was that he helped to make a defense get younger, faster, and better quickly. But I don't even know if that's true. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, is like, I mean, is the defense the only, I mean, look, Derek Brown has had a great season. If Brian Burns, you get a very good season. But other than that, really, what else is on this team? I mean, J.C. Horn. Then what else is like, is there are a lot of holes on this defense that have to be addressed next year if unless you're going to just try to shoot it out each week. Right. So uh, we got two more Super Chats. Before we do, I want to ask the question. Like, okay, I know it's a loss, and we're just <clears throat> we're not in the playoffs anymore, and we're all feeling bad. But <clears throat> considering how no one believed in the Panthers, and we at least made it to this point when no one believed in us. Is there an argument to be made that was a few pieces away from being a legitimate contender? Or do we think that now nah, we still need a whole nother, you know, we, we might have too many needs to be able to fill this offseason. What do you think? I don't ever believe that. I think that a team, especially one that had, uh, you know, has plenty of pieces like ours does. Um, I think uh, one season can be the difference between being a contender and not. Now, does that mean we're going to the Super Bowl? I don't know, right? But to be able to say that we're on uh, on the trajectory that's correct for you know the future, I think that one season could be a turning point. And right now, I think we're we're on the tail of two halves of a season, right? I know this feels crappy, right? It feels crappy to not win this game and not make it to the playoffs. But the reality of what we just did, where we are playing meaningful football at the end of the season. Is something that we haven't felt in years, right? Um, that means our trajectory is going up. So we've got to keep in mind that as many holes as we have, those are things you can fill with uh, not only just free agency, but with a lot of those draft picks that we have coming up. Um, the biggest thing is you've just got to identify what are the major points of that and, and, and just address those head on. And if quarterbacks at the top of that list, which I know a lot of people are going to feel like it is, then get your guy. I'm not a fan of trading up into the top five to get a guy like that. You know, I'm 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 over that that mindset of of going and getting a guy in the top five and giving away three years of first round draft picks to do it. But I am 100 percent willing to to move up, uh, uh, you know, somewhere in the draft and get one of these guys that are clearly, uh, you know, game changing, especially after what we saw in college football yesterday. Yeah, no, uh, but, the- but so uh, uh, Tony, I was wondering if we could uh, hit one of these super chats because that kind of goes off of what uh, CK was saying. First Rare Gamer says, uh, look forward to the offseason more than most. Thank you, Rare Gamer. And then Karen Choi with the $10 love bomb says, you think we use some of these CMC picks to move up to top five and grab a quarterback or use them to retool that defense? We have a lot of holes there. You're not wrong, Karen. And I think that's a great question 
for us to ask going for um, because, you know, everyone's so quarterback thirsty. If you're on Twitter, dude, it's insufferable. Every other fucking tweet is people bitching, oh, m- trade up for Bryce Young. Oh, trade up for CJ Stroud. Oh, Max Duggan's better than Sam Darnold. Like all this bullshit because everybody's watching college football and they're putting up like 50 points. And, and look, there are some good prospects in this draft. You know, I think CJ Stroud had a good showing yesterday. But I don't know if you're asking me. I do not think that the quarterback is the biggest need on the Carolina Panthers right now. I feel like the only There's reason no trading why, up. Right, there's yeah, no trading I mean, up. I would, you have to I trade at number either. two. You would only there's only one way that it's gonna happen. Right, the bears. And that's you yeah, you'd have to trade up to number two. Uh and then I mean that's what you would have to do because every other team ahead around that area, like uh, of the Panthers right now, it goes this yeah. Houston, Chicago, Seattle. So look, Houston needs a quarterback. Seattle needs a quarterback. Arizona needs could arguably needs a quarterback. I don't think Geno. I don't think Geno Smith stops them from uh, drafting a quarterback if they get no, Gino, not at it, all, not even close, not if, even close. If, if but, they sign, uh, if they do what the Panthers want to do and sign Geno to a short contract, they might want to uh, let let quarterback sit behind Geno for a while. Indianapolis needs a quarterback. Atlanta yep. need, could use a quarterback. Las Vegas could use a quarterback. Yep. Tennessee, arguably, I don't think they will, but like arguably could. I mean, if the, really if the person was right, I mean, like if they move up higher, if they were picking before the Panthers. So I don't know if trade up to number two is what it's probably going to take. That's what I'm going to say why, is this. But look, is I want to say uh, one comment and then I want to jump to some calls. All right. Uh, cause your question was, you posed was, are, are, you know, are, are we a few holes away from being legitimate contenders or is this something significantly different or, you know, worse, more concerning. And the line between that is so fine, right? The line between <laughs> plugging a couple of holes and getting better and being a disaster next year is really the same question. <laughs> it's like they're looking at each other. It's like looking at the mirror of each other, the answers right. to that question. Why, what I'm trying to get uh, across to that is like, while CK said, look, we're meaningful. We're playing meaningful football at the end of the season. Somebody in the chat, I think Tyler Jones said, uh, we're so close. But at being so close, we're also so far away. There's going to be a top, uh, arguably a complete coaching overhaul. Right. Even if uh, Wilk stays, there's still going to be some tweaks and changes to it. The Panthers have questions at quarterback, and we really don't even know if this defense is as good as we thought it was going to be able to become. Right. Yeah. So, and at the same time, we only won six games so far. Is that like, I know it's a meaningful season, but it's only meaningful because we somehow got better by subtracting Matt, you know, our head coach, our best player and all the things we said over and over and the rest of the division stunk. Yeah. But we've been an every other week team uh over the since the bye week, every other week we play well or the Carolina Panthers play well and at sometimes you do feel so close when the offense does some of the things it does today, the offensive line has performed better. But then you look at uh, some other aspects of the team 
And you're going, how? I don't know how you can make all of a sudden be that good. It almost feels like what the giant, like the best case scenario, uh, what I think is being a contender, Cody, is the basically being what the Giants were this year. That's what the Panthers could be next year. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, no, it's like a, maybe, you know, maybe they, you know, have a good start under a new coach and make the playoffs as a wild card. But yeah, I, and, I think that's the best they could be next year. And, you know, again, it's a whole nother off season. Um, you know, it, it makes you question some moves like, you know, signing uh, Dante Jackson over Stephon Gilmore. Imagine how great it would have been to have Stephon Gilmore today and, and to have paired him with J.C. Horn and C.J. Henderson. Um, and I know, I know you want to uh, Douglas or something like that. Yeah, I mean, but it, dude, we had we had freaking Gilmore and we chose Dante Jackson over him. To me, those are decisions that we're going to have to look at. But I um, don't know if look, Gilmore wanted to be here as much as people think he did. Well, I mean, we don't have to dwell on it. I yeah. know you want to do some cat calls. Uh, shout yeah. out to all these incredible viewers and these super chats rolling in, man. You know we love y'all. We're here for the therapy session that y'all need. Another $10 love bomb. Roosevelt Mongo says, Reason Tepper wants an offensive-minded head coach. Panthers have scored 40 or more points uh, 15 times in their entire history. Last being in 2018, that's a great point. You know, you do the same things over and over and expect different results. That's sanity right there. Uh, and then old school Panther fan with the $5 says, I still think this team uh, isn't going in the right direction. Does anyone remember when we, where we were in the beginning of the year? We've definitely come a long way. There is no doing that. And there is no way that you can undersell what Steve Wilkes has been able to do in a short amount of time. All of these things can be true at the same time. Yeah. However, just like uh, uh, people were saying in, in the chat room, you know, uh, the, the fact have never been an offensive juggernaut like so many fans want us to be, and fr frankly, how it could have been for a long time, uh, I, I think it's because we've never quite prioritized the offense in the way that we need to. And it might be time to do that. I don't know. All right, let's get into the calls. The number is 252-228-5098. We want to hear your thoughts on the game. Got a lot of calls to get through, so let's go ahead and see what you guys got to say. Let's see if it'll work for me today. So what are your thoughts on catcalling? Yeah, it's pretty you shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels good, like... Hey guys, Chuck from Elizabeth City, aka Carolina Sports Guy. Did y'all really think after we had our hopes that we were going to win, they're going to let that faggot ass pussy hole, uh -oh. sorry uh -oh. motherfucking uh -oh. shoe, screaming motherfucking Tom Brady, lose a game? Yeah. NFL, all the yeah. pussy ass fans that root for just winners and don't really fucking have a fan base. All them motherfuckers got what they wanted, so suck a fucking oh, thing. I'm good, Chuck. I'm, I'm dumping it. I'm dumping it. That was tough. Chuck. Pie Chuck was upset. He's going to uh, be like, yo, that G-Baby you know, talk shit. Speaking of that is Tom Brady. 
there and I, I, I really think that the Panthers just, like, I hate to say it, missed an opportunity today. Again, that fourth and one, man, I think that that would have been the way to win this game. And I think that's like the tide turned. You're just going to give Tom Brady too many opportunities, too many opportunities. And you start wondering, oh, are they going to bail him out? They did get a penalty on the punt towards Matt. Like, I guess we would have had a chance, I think. Uh, this was right before the strip sack. Uh, that, like, at the in the in towards the end of the game, the punt or kickoff, or a punt, was it a punt? Yeah, I think it was a punt. And they caught a penalty on the Carolina Panthers for, like, holding when the other guy mugged him and ripped his helmet off. And uh, uh, yeah. so you're like, oh, God, here it comes. But I thought when uh, Derek Brown pushed Tom Brady down, they were going to give him a flag. I thought I was like, crap, yeah, everybody big, did. big stop right there. Everybody I was like, did. and I was like, oh, crap, they're going to give him. And they didn't. And then uh, what he blocked the field goal after that, Derek Brown, too. But, uh, no, uh, actually, no, that was uh, that was YGM. That blocked it. Oh, yeah, YGM yeah. did. Why did YGM quietly have a decent game today? I mean, yeah, he did. It didn't do uh, enough. To, it, it didn't. Uh, how about this? He didn't do enough to prove anything long term. But right, he right. had. But he had one of his own personal best performances today. Yeah, and, I, and by and by the way, especially after that call, I want to give a note, dude. Uh, listen, we love everybody sharing their opinion, but when it comes to some of the crazier words. Leave that off the cat calls because that can get us in trouble with YouTube. And then that doesn't do anybody no favor. So we love you, Chuck, but you got to watch the language. Um, right. But other than that, yeah, it's, frustrated it's been Panther a, fans. Yeah, we're a lot that of frustrated That was a hard one. First, first call. <laughs> yeah. Hey, three is a link. Asking CJ Henderson and Keith Taylor to cover Mike Evans. Is a bridge too far? Familiar with that term? I'm sure uh, someone is. But uh, that should have been the defensive scheme. Should have been a little bit more assisting him, assisting whoever's covered Mike Evans. Mike Evans has had a not a career day, but his best day of the season. It is what it is. And the Sam Darnold fumble. I mean, they all, he didn't even get a chance to throw the ball. The offensive line just imploded on that one play. I don't know if I blame this on Sam Darnold. He played a pretty good game. Granted, it wasn't a great game. He had some issues. Like the turnover, the interception, he should have put a little bit more air on it. But if you're throwing that steep of a ball, it's going to happen. Um, I do think the defense failed us on this one. I'm sorry. The defense did. There should have been a little bit more work done. And put Josh Warren in more plays because I honestly think he's better than Keith Taylor. But it is what it is. Um, so I guess we have to draft to look forward to now, guys. But hey, I'm very proud of how this team fought. Keep pounding. Familiar words. Uh, Keep pounding. Career day for DJ in a way. I don't know. Statistically, he may have had a better game somewhere in his career, maybe more yards or something. But DJ man happened game. today. And I think Sam Darnold. Uh, really has has done a good job marketing himself for next season. Oh, absolutely! Uh, to the NFL, right? His stock has gone up. Just like I thought. See, I thought yesterday in that uh, Ohio State game versus TCU, even yeah. though um, 
Oh, even though Ohio, not excuse me, that was Michigan TCU, Ohio, uh, Georgia. Even though Georgia pulls out the wind at the last moment, I thought C.J. Stroud reminded the world why he's a top prospect. He had like a great day. So I felt like Sam. And I'm just trying to make the comparison that Sam Darnold, man, his stock was down at one uh, not too long ago, and he's coming out of here looking a little bit better than. Baker Mayfield, arguably, um, oh, yeah. really I'm, doing a good definitely. job of maybe saving the last or maybe creating another opportunity for himself, whether it's here in Carolina or somewhere else. Right. And by the way, I'm willing to bet that it's probably here. I mean, if he's willing to come back on a deal, I, no matter who the coach is, I could see them being okay with the Sam Donald back. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. ...or stop gap. But Tony, these fans are incredible today, man. Uh, Robert and Brewster with the five dollars. The Sam is good when he has the line. Uh, we keep him. Secondary was problem. We lost four to five games by one score. We need to rebuild. We have a lot of picks. That's very true, Robert. Did no need to rebuild. Uh, well, I mean, well, well, well I, I don't know if a full rebuild, but certain aspects of the team. Well, the, his 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 super chat said no need to rebuild. Yeah, 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 I always hate when we're always quibbling over retool or rebuild, retool yeah, or yeah. rebuild. We're in a rebuild when you don't want to know who your coach is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and dude, how about Nirvash, man, with $40 in love bombs? He says, Wilk somehow thought CJ Henderson was fine enough to leave on an island. All the while, not even blitzing the three times CJ got burned. Horrific scheming, especially since the Bucks were passing every play. Uh, and then he says, I personally don't see Wilkes getting a job after a showing like this. I think he did an okay job filling in as an interim, but just not good enough. I hate watching this team let me down every season. Shout out to Nirvash, man. One more as well. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, we got one more. Let me, uh, let me check it. Let me, let me check it. And then Eric uh, 37. Is- he says, by the way, Tony, ECU is on the clock for Michigan. Yeah, we open up with Miss uh, in Ann Arbor next year. Uh, the ECU Pirates coming off a bowl, you know, and that McCarthy kid. I know that he had a rough start to that game, but listen for his name in two years as a top quarterback prospect. As he's, I mean, he's only like a sophomore or freshman or something right now. So, uh, yeah, two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. Thanks for all y'all support. Make sure you smash the thumbs up button. We're here on Tuesday nights live at 9 p.m. every week all throughout the year. And we're in the midst of our 10th year doing this. So uh, thank you for the community to support your calls and for those uh, generous donations. Let's go to the next call. And happy new year, by the way. Yeah. Yo, yeah, that's right. good. C3, JD, Hell of a game. Damn shame you lost. Ah, one was missed, man. I, I I I had faith in CJ and Keith. But damn, Horn was missed in this game if he was ever. Um, shit. 
Hey, credit to the Bucks. They fought, clawed back, without the dub. Wilkes is still my head coach, though. Wilkes is still my fucking head coach. And Sam Donald, hell of a game, man. Damn shame that we lost that bitch, but if I go sometimes. Oh, sorry, looking forward to the draft at this point. Yes. Back oh, that being said, keep on. Uh, yeah, um, tough day for me, man. Really got my hopes up in the start of this first quarter. Like the yeah. 14, I was like, oh my gosh, are we really going to do this? Uh, and nope. Too long. long there's too much time. There was, I told you guys yeah. on Tuesday that, like, you can't go into the fourth quarter. And Greg Olson said this, like, numerous times. You can't go into the fourth quarter against Tom Brady only up by a score. And, but, like, yeah. Mike Evans is also not even a burner. And they're hitting him on go routes like it's nothing. And C.J. Henderson is trailing him the entire time. Dude, there, there is Tony. You put in one of the chats. Florida, you, yeah, yeah, I was about to say you said in one of the chats. Yo, leave his ass in Florida. Like, yeah. don't, don't, don't get back on the plane, dude. That, that's just embarrassing to me. It's absolutely embarrassing. We could have won this game today. We mm-hmm. absolutely could have won this game, but um, just some dumb decision, dumb mm-hmm. decisions that that continuously put us behind the curve. Uh, and you know, everyone's upset about off-man coverage, right? How we're just giving them this incredible cushion to be able to slice up this zone coverage that we're running. And yes, I agree that it's too much. At the same time, I really don't think that we're built to do anything else. It's not like we could take Keith Taylor and them and then go man-on-man and be able to shut them down. Like, who cares about the off coverage? The whole off coverage is meant to prevent the big plays that they're having. You're playing off coverage and getting torched over the top. That's like the yeah. one, you know, you're supposed to be getting diced up underneath uh, when you're playing off coverage. You're not supposed to get torched. Right. <laughs> That's the whole point of playing it. So not only did they play off coverage, they played it poorly. Yeah, it, it, dude, embarrassing. And and again, this is why I say, listen, I, I would like Steve Wilkes to be the next head coach of the Carolina Panthers. I would like him to have that opportunity. However, yeah. games like today cause me to think that it probably isn't going to happen. I don't yeah, know. Or, yeah, maybe not yet. Yeah, is that today, if he would have won this game, it would the, the scale would have tilted towards him having to get the job. Right. Right. It's like, and we could have said that after the Pittsburgh game, there's just been opportunities for him to say, Mike drop. And it may, and it, I know it's not him. He's not out there playing, playing in the secondary, not you know, dad, but it's man. just the scoreboard at the right. end of the day. If it's a win today, you're sitting here walking out of here going, man, Steve Wilkes is the coach that there's regard, like regardless of what happens next week. Right. And uh, there's been two opportunities for that to happen, and they just have it. I think the Pittsburgh game, I think we would have that would have been a statement. You can start rolling off some wins and feel good today. Would have, I mean, on the road against Tom Brady, the satisfaction of making that last week everything matter. Um, and they just didn't get it done. And you know what? They almost they started, they came out swinging too. 
It came out swinging. Yeah. Um, but you can't. I don't know. Maybe it's just like when you try to knock out a good boxer. Like uh, this is what always happens with Floyd Mayweather. If somebody tries, they give everything their first three rounds, and they're like, "I'm gonna knock this dude out." Then and they don't, tired. and then they're just ex- and then that they just go. And Tom Brady just went to work on them, pieces them up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's uh, he's he's the best of all time for that reason, man. And guys, and, what and a we, pouty head, though, dude. Oh yeah, dude, he acts like such a punk. <laughs> Such a punk, dude! And they getting mad uh, that they didn't throw the flag on on Derek Brown. He even got the penalty one time because he got I so know. pissed. They took the ball, the ball and spiked it, and they gave him a delay of game. I was, was awesome. so fucking happy. I know, dude. but he oh, cries man. over everything. And then there's yeah. this other thing is and and look is that his tight end, his rookie tight end, didn't play well today. The Ogden dude had some oh, mess. Yeah, Ogden, yeah, oh yeah, but. uh the one thing, who's their backup quarterback? Does anybody know who Tampa's backup quarterback uh, is? Kyle Tra- uh, no, isn't no. it Kyle, Kyle Trask? No, Did Kyle Trask, Trask was uh was he was uh he was inactive today. Is it Blaine uh, Gabbert? Blaine Gabbert. Blaine Babbert, as they put on the screen <laughs> one time when he played for San Francisco. Blaine Gabbert doesn't even look like he wants to even talk to Tom Brady. He Nobody looks wants like to talk to him. I mean, it was just like he, like uh, Tom Brady asked him for the, the iPad or for the Surface, and the mm-hmm. guy and blame and like looked at he looked like in disgust. He didn't even look at him. He just handed it to him in disgust. Like he was like, I hate having to sit beside you, dude. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right, let's go to the next goal. What the C three is Tyler here? Hell Tyler. of a game. Typical Panther way of losing uh, i knew after halftime that we we're gonna lose this way knew it was gonna happen um great game uh can't believe that we let tampa score 20 points in the fourth horrible um east taylor cj henderson hope they're on the team next year straight garbage straight mm-hmm. dog shit i mean we really figured out today how much we really missed jc horn we need to draft another corner. I know we still have Dante Jackson. He's injury prone. We need another corner. Mike Evans and Godwin cooked us. Cooked us. And then while the the corners, they have a lot, a lot of, they had a lot of cushion. And so they adjusted and they started pressing a little bit and they got beat. No matter what adjustments those, uh, the defense uh, coordinator did, Al Holcomb did, they're getting beat. I mean, Brady just, oh, oh there's Keith Taylor or there's uh, CJ Henderson on uh, Mike Evans. Somebody just throw it over there. Yeah, it was horrible. We we start off well with the play action, uh, and I really thought they would, from there, start to incorporate the running game. We did not run the ball today. Horrible. Did not establish a run. That's our strength. They didn't run the damn fucking ball. They didn't so even try. Um, Sam Darnold, he played okay. Um, he definitely made uh, some mistakes. He made a couple of good reads with horrible throws, uh, specifically the one with Stephon Sullivan up the middle. Correct read, just horrible throw. He is – I don't know what you do with him as far as the future. Uh, Maybe a one-year friendly deal, but he's not the future, and we need to draft another quarterback. I don't care what Cody says. He can fall in love with uh, Sam Darnold all he wants. We don't have a quarterback, and you need to go find one. It could be Matt Corral. It could be someone in the draft. But Sam Darnold is not the future. 
Yes, he played decent uh, behind a better offensive line, but when it matters most, he's not going to get it done for you. He's not going to win the game. Sam Donald's gone. He's not, he's not the future. We need a better offensive coordinator. And I think Steve Wilkes coached his way out of the uh, getting the job uh, for next year. And we need a defensive end badly. There was yeah. zero pass rush today. Zero. Where the hell was Brian Burns? Nowhere. Nowhere. The other defensive player, a defensive end, did well. Marquise Haynes. And actually, uh, Matos did this decent. Brian Burns, nowhere to be found. And the, mo- the most important game of the year. I know, like, he's a great defensive end, but makes me a little hesitant to sign him on a big, huge contract, but it is what it is. Uh, so it was a crazy season, fellas. Keep pounding. What a great call. Tyler, man, you should just host the damn show. That's it. Like, we can just pack it up right there. I mean, like, it just kind of went through every single thing uh, when it comes to, like, that we've kind of been, we've been focusing on. Why do you think, uh, do you guys think that, what where do you think the game plan offensively was problematic? I don't think so. I mean, I know that you could say we tried to run we should have run the ball more. I just think a couple of situational runs maybe we could have done, but I think you called a lot of the right play. I mean, we were they weren't giving up a ton of yards. I mean, like when we did run it, I mean, there were some opportunities. Foreman made something, you know, got three, four yards. I mean, but when you if you don't run on first down and get positive yards, it's kind of hard to run on second right. down. Third, you know, there's just like those things. And again, I yeah. just come back to that fourth and one. I think that's when we're really built to run. Like, like we can get a yard. I mean, you would think so. I mean, even with, the, but I like some of the aggressiveness with McAdoo, uh, particularly when they loaded up, they had like seven offensive linemen. Right. Uh, Cade Mays playing uh, fullback or whatever, and he goes deep to DJ, which is crazy that he didn't even get the step up. He got crushed anyway, Sam Darnold. You had all of those offensive linemen, and he gets crushed on that play still. DJ made a good catch. It was a pretty a good throw. I mean, if he could have stepped into it more, it would have been a touchdown. Um, But I don't know. I don't know if we should have just run. Running the ball would have been the answer. What do you guys think about the that the running attack today? I don't think that it was up to snuff. And by the way, in every game that we've lost under Steve Wilkes, you would be able to know it because we never able to run the football effectively. We couldn't do it against uh, the Bengals. We couldn't do it against the Ravens. We couldn't do it against Pittsburgh. And we couldn't really run the ball well today. And and to me, that's that inconsistency that gives me pause. And again, I know it's not Steve Wilkes staff. There's so much that goes into it. But when you've had one of the better offensive lines this year and you're that performance against Detroit, like what is with the inconsistency? What is with this bipolar nature every other of, week of the, of the Carolina Panthers <clears throat> of being able to do something literally at one of the highest clips in the NFL? I mean, truly one of the most impressive rushing performances of the past 10 years in the entire NFL. And then you come out and it's like, yeah, you made the 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 determining uh, idea before the game started that you were going to throw the ball, and right. I, I don't I don't feel like we did anything good running the football today, and I do think that we needed to commit to it a little bit more. I think that we should have given Chuba Hubbard and Blackshear some more snaps, like we should have gotten them the ball and not have them in on pass protection, 
Truba is getting worked by their safety. It, it was just, it was, it was a bad game plan. I think you have to put that on the coaches. And I think that the offensive line just straight up didn't play well. How about this? And Kim Kwanu did not have a good game today, man. He was the one that got worked on that strip sack uh, of Sam Donald where they got yeah. it back at the five-yard line. It was a I don't bad think the, day. You know, I don't think guys. that the offensive line – I'm going to come back to it. And I don't think the offense was, was really the big problem here. I mean, maybe just not being able to stay on the field a couple of times. Uh, maybe not being able to keep your foot on the gas. But they were able to move the ball until, I mean, until a turnover. We lost the turnover battle. That's what happened today. The Panthers lost the turnover battle. They lost the time of possession battle, which you could say maybe that's because you didn't run the ball enough. But really, the Panthers' defense couldn't stop anything. They ran the ball today. They threw the ball. Like, every time... It felt like this is it really felt like every time the Panthers defense got them in a position to get a stop, they just didn't like it just was it was just convert. It just bludgeoned and bludgeoned like the defense just didn't have enough to keep right. up for four quarters. Yeah. And again, no pass rush. There are games when the Panthers. What does this mean for Brian Burns? Guys? It's just non-existent. What, I, mean, I don't know I mean, what does it. I don't know. What does it mean for Brian Burns? Uh, I mean, like, you're right. These games is where we need him the most. However, every other that we play and their mama knows that Brian Burns is our primary pass rusher. If not, we're going to be sending blitzes and trying to get Frankie Lulu in the backfield. So, again, I know we're all upset at Brian for not taking over these games, but he needs help. Derek Brown is not a pass rusher. Derek Brown is never going to be a pass rusher. He is a run stuffer. We have no other consistent edge pressure. Brian Burns is the only one on our team that is consistently rushing the passer. So I'm sorry. Until we add Is he consistently? He's every other week, too. This is an every other week team. He's not going to be as consistent as you want him to be until you get some other help on that defensive line. Look at Pittsburgh. Yeah, they have T.J. Watt, but they also have Alex Highsmith with 12 sacks this season. Well, he also is an undrafted guy that came out of nowhere, I think. matter. They still have that guy on their team. So, yeah, the fact of the matter is, I don't think we have any other option but to pay Now the, the defensive line has uh, not produced sacks this season. Like they just haven't like the volume hasn't been not there. not as a whole yes right you're right yeah um the problem with the Brian Burns thing is is like all of these things are going to be true and the Panthers still need to sign them imagine the Panthers defense without Brian Burns like what would it look like then <laughs> we <laughs> have, have uh, uh, twelve and a half less sacks say that much yeah and what yeah. and we probably only have twenty on the year feels and by like the way, I mean if you did I trade how many. Away, if you did trade him away, you wouldn't even have a first round pick this year for it. It would be next year. No, it's but not trading. Way, it's just like it's about not signing. You know, it's like is you have to sign them. There's just imagine that defensive front. You need to be adding to that right. defensive front, not subtracting. You know, and you can't subtract the best part of him. Like him and Derek Brown, you gotta have them. 
Or else this you offensive to, line, yeah. you don't even know the names of the guys. They're like, well, you got the guy that had the stroke. Uh, yeah. And, uh, another another thing. <laughs> Anderson, who played all say, right today, by the way. Another thing I'll, I'll continue to say, the Panthers need another defensive tackle. They do. You need to put someone on uh, next to Derek Brown who you can put at a true three technique. We have to have that because we don't have that guy. And yeah, Matt Ioannidis is decent, but he's not like a career starter and he's never going to be for us. We have to upgrade our defensive front seven in the linebacker position and on the defensive line. How many sacks do you think the Carolina Panthers have as a team this year? Uh, I think 20 is probably pretty close. Yeah, I'd say like 22. It's not that bad, but it's bad. What? 31. 31 sacks, which means. What is that in comparison are, to the league? Um, well, the top team, the Eagles have 61 sacks. The Cowboys have 51. The Patriots, we are um, from the bottom. The Bears are the worst with 18. Then the Falcons, the Raiders, the Bengals, the Jags, the Lions have 30, the Browns have 30, the Cardinals have 31, Packers have 31, Panthers have 31, Steelers have 31. So we have more but, than some of the than some no, of the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. We are twenty-third in the league in sex. So imagine if we didn't have Brian Burns. Right. Imagine, yeah. I mean, take away his 12. He's actually yeah. half of the team sacks. Yeah. It's like 45%. That's, that's of what I'm the saying. Like, so yeah, sad, you're going to have to pay him more than we can stomach. That's a given. But you're going to have to get him some help now. And, and that that's why all these people that are so thirsty for our back, dude, pump the brakes. We have to go best player available. If they draft a quarterback, fine. They're going to draft a quarterback, and there's nothing any of us can do if we like it or not. But the fact of the matter is the Carolina Panthers should not be in a position where, oh, we have to have a quarterback above all else. Because, one, right. not only are we probably not going to be in position to do it with the teams ahead of us, but like we're not going to be able to have enough draft capital to trade up, get a quarterback, and then get all the other pieces that we still own this football team. It's a pipe dream. Tony, before we move on, Panther Blue with the 499 love bomb says, anyone else find themselves wondering where our safeties were at today? Not very safe. I'll tell you that yeah. damn much. Uh, and then uh, White Chocolate Expresso says, uh, 1,100 yards, seven touchdowns in five games. He's improved his game every game. Sam is our quarterback next year. I'll say this. I don't know how long. Sam's future is with us. Um, if I'm betting right now, I do think he'll be better. I don't know how much they're going to pay him, but I think that he is going to come back at at a cheaper cost. He's had good uh, good <clears throat> success here with the Panthers. You know, if it's Steve Wilkes or somebody else, I just you know I I, I think that you could do a lot worse than Sam Donald especially considering everything that he has done in that short sample size. And my final thing, this team would have been much better off if we started the season with Sam Darnold instead of Baker fucking Mayfield. 
like I had been in forever. But, you know, that, that was a terrible move, and that set us back on offense, in my opinion. So, All right, let's go to the next call. Tell me if I played this one. What's up, C3? Uh, it's Anthony from Charlotte. Man. Another suck the energy purgatory out of season. That's all I can say. Put my faith in this team again. When people were calling me crazy for wanting to tank or get a top draft pick or something. And here we are. Lost to Tampa Bay. Don't know where we go from here. Feels like we're just always getting our hearts broken. Not much to say. I'm just very, it's just very depressing right now, I guess, to say the least. Um, well, live to fight another day, I guess. Um, you know, I mean, just kind of normal as a Panthers fan. We feel this pain all the time. I know people are going to say the season was different. Um, you know, because we fought. But that's the thing, man. I would have rather not fought. And if knowing this was going to be the outcome, because uh, it's it's just depressing. I hope New Orleans beats us next week so we could at least get a better draft pick. You know, Darnold played good. I mean, he made some mistakes. But it's okay. Defense, we need another pass rusher, need another linebacker. CJ Henderson is awful. Scott Fitter, terrible trade. Um, Brian Burns didn't show up. You know, that's what happens. That's that's an elite guy right there, apparently, according to Panthers fans. Even though elite pass rushers show up every game, no matter what the outcome is. So yeah, just very depressing, man. Being a Panthers fan is so hard. It's very hard to watch. This is six seasons in a row. We're going to finish with a losing record. I mean, something has to change. They, there's got to be something that changes. And Wilkes, you know, I still think he could be the head coach, but his in-game adjustments just aren't there, man. You know, like you can't play the the same – zone coverage versus Tom Brady the whole game it doesn't work like that right. you got to switch stuff up and when CJ Henderson and Keith Taylor are getting burned out there why don't you try putting Josh Norman on Mike Evans oh, why did well. we sign Josh Norman to play five snaps come on now man it's just um Interesting stuff here. I kind of was thinking about the what we were talking about before the call and uh, quarterback. And I think you, like you were saying, Cody, you pick the player who's there for you. And if that's a quarterback, then that's the case. But it's likely not going to be the case if you're not a top one to pick. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like is like you probably. Um, aren't going to get if there's six quarterbacks that going off the board before you you know you might be better suited just picking an elite player 
that dropped to you because right. of a quarterback hungry draft. And I don't think trading up assets is maybe the way to do it. It almost feels like your rebuild is almost determined by like how your hand has been dealt to you. And since the Carolina Panthers aren't naturally getting a number one pick like the Jags got <laughs> or naturally getting like a number one pick like the Texans could get, then those are the kind of instances that you can pick a quarterback right there. Maybe the solution for the Carolina Panthers with these holes that they have is to really over the next year or two uh, get a coach in there, plug those holes, and maybe your answer is getting a quarterback in free agency and dropping him into a team like what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did with Tom Brady. Maybe you don't. Maybe not every rebuild is the same, and maybe it doesn't have to start with getting that quarterback right away. But if you can get the quarterback, then you get the quarterback. Yeah. So, by the way, just a little update on the draft thing. The Panthers are still picking eighth in the draft. As of right now, the worst that we can do, even if we beat New Orleans, is to pick 12th in the draft. So we are guaranteed a top 15 the top 10 pick. pick. We're, gonna, we're basically going to have a top 10 pick. I mean, essentially, yeah. I mean, 12 at the worst. But There's I mean, some positives like, there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, is that... But you you still like and even if you want to get a quarterback, maybe you get that guy in the second. You know, like I mean, if if four or five quarterbacks go off the board in the first five picks, six picks, or some mess like right. that, which could happen. But if it's a three. second round pick, like at that point, just give Matt Corral a chance. Like we people forget that we that we traded up for Matt Corral. And most of the reasons why people don't want to go with Matt Corral is because, oh, third round pick in a bad quarterback class. Okay, try and tell me less with the words that you're using, okay? Because that doesn't say anything about his talent level. It doesn't say anything about why he fell. If you're going to trade up for a player, give him the opportunity to compete now that he's healthy. If you want to have a competition and then maybe draft like, Richardson or Will Levis, fine, whatever. But it's not like any of these guys are going to come in and be That's more what, prepared to start for us next year than than Matt Corral would. Well, we, there is some issues or concerns with Matt Corral's health, but that's what I'm saying is that you don't want to overdraft that quarterback either. If like if that's a second round type pick, you don't pick him at eight just because everybody else has picked a quarterback. Right. I mean, if a quarterback comes to you naturally, I say you get it. You know, if it like if the guy you like somehow is available at eight, I guess, which I don't think it's going to happen. <clears throat> but if somehow you're sitting there in the beginning of the second round and quarterbacks went hot early, but then there's a guy like you like that maybe is still sitting around there. Why not? get? You may you can consider it. I just don't think it is a you have to draft a quarterback this year. Right. Because we're not a top two. If we were top two pick, I'd say you have to. If we were, I mean, I could not make an argument against of picking somebody else if we were a top two pick other than a quarterback. Like, you would have to. But then you have, like, every, after once you get out of that top three, then you have to say, do you have to? And I don't know who you do then. The thing that terrifies me is if David Tepper and, uh, and Scott Fitterer are, end up, and I'm not saying they are, 
But if they end up being hell-bent on going get a quarterback, uh, Chicago picking at number three, or at number two, it scares me. Because the Bears are not a quarterback. You know, say what you want about Justin Fields. I think he, he only is, threw 75 yards today. Right, but he also is throwing to a janitor. <laughs> He, has, he, has, he literally has, has no help at all. 75 I think yards, that, though, dude. I think they're going to give him a third year and try and put some more weapons around him. But what that means is the Chicago Bears are going to be in a pretty yeah. position where, they, where they're going to be able to sit there. Okay, we can either take the best defensive player in the draft, either uh, Will Anderson or Jalen Carter, or maybe even Joey Porter, the defensive They're trading back, out of that spot. The defensive back out of Penn State. Or they just say, hey, we're open for business. And whoever wants to come and give us some first round pick in, in order for this number two pick, call us, baby. We are open for business. So and th- that's what terrifies me. If the like for example, right? And I know I'm long. They're the two. Jets of last year, right? But think of it this way. Who okay. did, who traded up? Who did say, the 49ers trade up with? The 49ers traded up with um uh who was number three? Fuck. Chat, tell me who number chat. three was. But I but what I'm trying to say here is if if you're the um you know if you're the Bears, you have a lot of options av- available to you. And let's just say that the Panthers, for example, let's say they fall in love with Will Levis through the through the combine process. Cover your ears, Big Jordan. I know you don't want to talk about Will Levis, but let's just say this thing happens where he has an incredible combine and he has an incredible pro day. And then you're hearing all the rumors, hey, scouts and general managers all think that Will Levis has the highest upside of any quarterback in the draft. And now the wheels start to turn in. I'm worried that this could get too aggressive in that situation and do something that they might end up regret. The chat said the Dolphins. Does that sound right? The 49ers moved up with the Dolphins. I can't believe. It. Yeah, because uh, there was like it was like a it was like a trade that sent the that pick to That was 2 years ago, wasn't it? It wasn't this past year, was it? No, I'm thinking it was like a trade that they got from another team that wasn't the 49ers though. Because it went Trevor Lawrence, right? Wasn't that the Trevor Lawrence draft? Trevor Lawrence, then it went yeah, yeah, yeah. Trevor, uh, Zach, Zach Wilson, and then, and then um, it went Trey Lance. Was it Philadelphia? Dude, no, I have to see this shit. I don't remember. Um, but you're right, is that the, and that, you know, the Bears need to trade out of that position, that, that group. It's like there's too much. Uh, too much potential upside with Fields to abandon him right away right. to a quarterback pick, and you have too many dang needs on that team. Um, I mean, all over the place on the defense and the offense. So you want to get two? You can probably get two premium picks out of that out of that draft just by moving back to eight. You know, with the Panthers, and you're right. That I mean that again. How about this? Is do you think if Steve Wilkes is the coach that they trade up? Or do you think that it's more likely that they trade up? Or do you think if we bring in an offensive guy, then that is part of the plan with the new offensive coach? 
it was it was Miami's pick from the Houston Texans. Okay. Yeah. So it was it, it was the Dolphins uh, because the Laramie Tonsil trade. That's remember brilliant. they gave up. Yeah, they gave up a bunch of picks for Laramie Tunsil. Right. Yeah. So that's what that was. All right. Let's go to the next call. Hey, um, listen, uh, I know some people are going to be blaming on Sam Darnold. They're going to blame you. You got your haters going to come out. You got people going to hate on Steve Wilkes and you want people going to hate on a quarterback and, and people are going to say the best thing we could do for this team is to trade everything we have to move up to the number one pick and get a quarterback. Well, you know, then people are mentally incompetently retarded. Okay. And I'll just say it at that. Number two, um, you know, let's just cut the bullshit. Of those words. Okay, let's just cut the bullshit. Um, we need somebody who can bring in quality depth on this team because injuries are part of the NFL and they're going to happen. Um, Dante Jackson should have never been re-signed because he's massively injury prone. Um, but yet, Scott Fitterer did. Um, you know, nothing. I mean, C.J. Horn was hurt. C.J. Henderson had to step up. He didn't do it. He had one of his worst games as a Panther. Um, we already know the other guy sucked, but we knew that going in. Yeah. Um, they have a grand total of five corner corners on this roster, counting the old man um, who played very, very little. Um, he, you know, I know people want to go out and how some people are going to want to hire an offensive coach. coach. I, an offensive coach, to me, is still a stupid idea. Okay? An offensive coach will not win you this game. Okay? Because 90% of the offensive coaches fail as much as the defensive coaches do. And I don't want a bad defense but good offensive team. That's well, pathetic. You say stupid. this is that Wilkes didn't win you this game either. <laughs> so he he said that the offensive coach wouldn't have won you this game. Well, Wilkes didn't win. I mean, and not again. Like he's not out there playing. Um, and I don't think the I think again that uh, Steve Wilkes has had this team looking very well prepared for the most part. Right. Uh, I mean, at least formidable and competitive. I mean, really entertaining football in a situation you thought was un unmanageable in a means it's just every chance that he's really had to make this a Wilkes without question is that the Panthers haven't delivered right they've been an every other week team all he had to do was bust a back basically back-to-back wins in one of these recent stretches I know he had two wins in a row you go back to the beginning but like we you know just knocking two wins out before you even got to Tampa would have made this um, a, a lot more interesting. And you would have said, Hey, you can't go with anybody, but Steve Wilkes really good call from Panther pickle there. Um, the Josh Norman. The <clears> fact <throat> is, is this is that I know people wanted more Josh Norman out there. Maybe you should have, I, I think you should have just schemed with more help over the top for some of these receivers. I don't know like what was going on with theirs. Why did we just see Keith Taylor and these guys one-on-one -on -one in this moment? I don't know. I have to go back and look at the plays and see if there was somebody. But the funny fact is, is that Josh Norman only played 
like five snaps. And one of the snaps, he comes in and Greg Olson goes, I wouldn't be surprised if they go right after uh, Jano and they go here and Tom Brady goes, Nope, I'm just going to at CJ Henderson, bro. I know where my bread is buttered. He then yeah. just throws another bait. He's like, so not even the cornerback who hasn't, who's 35 and hasn't played football all season who just showed up. He's like not even the weakest link on the team right. in the secondary at that moment. Tom Brady's like, nope, CJ, I got you, bro. I got you. CJ Henderson quit twice on one play. That's impressive. Actually, that's ridiculously unimpressive. And yeah, he's yeah. just unimpressive, man. Like no matter what we want to do is you want to say, oh, you know, he just need a right situation. Maybe he's an introvert. Maybe he's this. Maybe he's, he's just not good. And he's also he's okay. also not he's also not a football player. Hey, if if you think me, Tony, and CK are good at podcasting, well, we're trying to be. We've done it for a long time. We're trying to get better and better. There have always been questions on whether or not CJ Anderson even loves football. Does he even want to be doing this for a living? Like those we have to be honest about the narrative around him. So, yeah, I mean, if, if, if you don't want to do this for a living, then, dude, you've already made a little bit of cash. Go do some other shit. But if you're not going to take this seriously, then get the fuck off the field, man. I just – my, my oh, biggest okay. problem is that, yeah, I mean, like, it did – the safeties were non-existent. After the Keith Taylor play, they made the adjustment and made sure CJ was on him, right? But like, I just feel like even after the first two – why are you not putting over the top help? It still just boggles Who's my our mind. Free safety, CK. Isn't this bizarre? I don't know Who's if Xavier I can confidently Woods? say who my our free safety is. Xavier Woods. Is he really? Yeah, because I think our I feel strong like him and Jeremy Trin are both strong safeties out there, though. You know, it's like I mean, I know, I understand that that's how he's going to be listed on the depth chart as a free safety, but like, I just really don't feel like we have very defined safeties of who and what their kind of individualized role you want it to be. It's just like, both of those guys are safeties. They're not corners. They're not rangy, but they're what they are. I mean, like, do you have a rangy guy out there? Isn't that the term that you use for a free safety is a rangy guy. A guy can close in on the field. You see CJ Henderson getting towards and this guy can come 30 yards from hash to hash and get over there and maybe give some help or tackle it. I don't know if Jeremy Chin or Xavier Woods are that guy. Right. But at the it's same just, time, I mean, they were playing, they weren't even looking over that direction. Like when you watch the replay, these guys just run, they weren't paying attention to CJ or Keith when these guys were running yeah. just full speed down the like they had their eyes this direction. And so that tells me their goal was not to help here. They had an assignment somewhere over here. That tells me there's a coaching problem on that one. Right. Now, am I sitting here saying that means that uh that we shouldn't hire Steve Wilkes? No, but I do think that it's fair to say if that's where his strength was supposed to be, is right, or is supposed to be is helping to like, yeah, the secondary, and it just hasn't been good. Well, that and you you bring in Josh Norman and he's just plays two or three plays. Like you were, play, you told us who who's going to snap play twenty snaps. I feel like I saw him in the game like three times. It was ridiculous. I don't know if Jeremy. I, I think Jeremy Chin needs to be either used more traditionally as just a straight up strong safety, and you groom him into that, or it needs to be made into a linebacker. 
And I think that we've had this concern and you, we heard that Jeremy Chen had these concerns too, is that, you know, by him trying to be a little bit of everything, he wasn't really great at anything. And I think it's just time to make a decision about like the type of player you want him to be in that scheme. Is he just going to be your strong safety who is going to get down in the box when you need him to and uh, do some coverage on some tight ends and some things like that? Or is he going to be a linebacker? And I don't know what the answer is, to be honest. I know a lot of people are calling for him to be moved to linebacker in the chat. Let's go to the next call. Paul Cass Brothers, how y'all doing? Y'all, I am so fucking pissed off right now. There is no way we should have lost that damn game. That game, I hate to say this shit, that game was fucking rigged. I don't care what nobody daggone says. They did not want to see Tom Brady fucking lose. Look at the damn scores out of the first three quarters. And then look at the fourth quarter. You mean to tell me these motherfuckers score four times? They put up 20 points in the fourth quarter? Get the fuck out of here, man. I'm like, enough is enough with this bullshit. That's why I can't stand Tom Brady, man. Tom Brady's a cheating-ass motherfucker, and the NFL has been looking out him for, for forever, man. They did not want Carolina to win it. And we were better than his ass. And what the fuck was up with that dang on them three touchdowns Michael Evans landed? Where the fuck was the safety help? Where the hell was Jeremy Chin and goddamn Xavier Woods? Where the fuck were they at back there? It was like there was no safety help. It was like corner against wide receiver with no safety help. Help. That's the only reason why the motherfuckers scored them three times with, with Evans, man. I'm pissed off. I'm still a Panthers fan. And New Orleans, I think, won today. So we're fucking – we ain't going to the playoffs, guys. We're not. It was fun, though, wasn't it? It was damn fun. Give me your thoughts on that, y'all. Keep pounding. Um, I, I don't think – I actually think today's game was called pretty well by the officiate, by the crew. Um, I don't think that they gave Tom Brady any – uh, over generous calls on any. Yeah. So, I mean, and a lot of times I could see that is like, Hey, the NFL wants these narratives to exist in the world. I mean, so there's been moments where that argument works, but today the Panthers just got beat. And uh, it's kind of, I, I don't want to say that they beat themselves because then that just takes away everything that the Bucks did and anything good they did and diminishes it in a sense. But the Panthers had some opportunities. They just couldn't, Defense couldn't play. Defense just couldn't get it done for four quarters. I mean, basically three quarters. They couldn't. They weren't were no good. And uh, the Panthers needed to, you know, protect the ball a little bit better. Uh, if anything, that one call on that punt or that kick off that punt, I did think that one was funky business, and it started uh, started us back. And it just seemed like, all right, now this isn't going to happen. Uh, thanks for the call, G. Hey, boys, Alex here. It really feels like if we'd have had J.C. Horn, we'd have won this game today. But got to love all the effort the team put in and how Steve Wilkes got these boys playing. I hope to God that man gets his job. All right. Thank you. All right. Here's one more part to his goal. Hey, boys, Alex again. Sorry, just real quick. What are we feeling on Sam Darnold right now? Because honestly, I would love to see him as a bridge quarterback for Corral right now. Like, he might have thrown a pick, but honestly, that pick was just a slight underthrow, and it was a nice way to stretch the field, and they only got the ball on the one. Our defense let us down on that drive. But anyways, 
Have a good one, guys. I know it's a tough day today. Thanks for your call, Alex. And I'll ask this question to you, Cody. Then we'll uh, you put, turn the mic to CK on it. Um, after after this week, would you say that Sam Darnold's uh, and Steve Wilkes stock and and do them individually, not together, but like Sam <clears throat> Darnold and Steve Wilkes stock increased or decreased? I think you have to say Sam Darnold's stock increased. You know, the fact that we put him in at the end of the season and that he was still able to get better and better. He had 341 yards and three touchdowns. Like, that is not the performance that did us in. And we can legit look back at this season and say that if you had started Sam Darnold in place of Baker Mayfield, it have been a better team. And we wasted draft capital to go and get Baker Mayfield. When it comes to uh, – so I would say stock up. Uh, when, when it comes to uh, Steve Wilkes, dude, it really is hard to say, man. I, I mean, this, this game against New Orleans is going to be very important for his long-term future. Uh, I think that he has done incredible this year. I am on the record as saying that I don't know what other man could have taken this group of guys and to turn Steve Wilkes has. Um, but that doesn't absolve him of some of the boneheaded decisions that he made today. And maybe this is an opportunity for him to grow as a coach. It isn't his coaching staff. It isn't uh, the way necessarily the roster that he might want it to be. So it's hard to stay with, say with Steve Wilkes. I'll have to say down considering that we were talking about, you have to have, Steve Wilkes be your head coach. But now, today, after some of these decisions, I, I don't know that it's as cut and dry as it was before. CK? Um, I think Sam Darnold, absolutely, stock went up. <clears throat> every every single uh, every single game this year, it feels like he's gotten better and better and better. Um, and and this, this week, they called on his number a lot. And uh, he limited his mistakes meaning he had that one interception. He maybe had some missed balls, you know, throwing the ball, but he made a lot of great decisions, you know, and some of the best decisions nobody wants to talk about are when he throws the ball away and he doesn't try to force anything. Right. And that happened like in the half, like he was basically uh, had, didn't even have a single incompletion. If you take away the ones he had to throw away because it just wasn't there or the pressure was in his face. The dude hasn't, hasn't been doing it. I think it's hard to look at what he's done. And, and even just the stats and say the dude doesn't deserve a shot um, as a starter. If it's here, great. If it's not somewhere else, that's fine as well. But I think he deserves that. Um, second, Steve Wilkes, his stock hasn't changed. He's still the, there's there's no difference here. I think the the biggest thing is um, is is he's his talent wasn't on the field. The talent that that had gotten him where he was playing at a high level, they just weren't there. Meaning J.C. Horn. Um, and, uh, and you, you missing your other starting, uh, cornerback. Um, I think there's some questionable calls that, uh, that, uh, you know, Al Holcomb maybe had as a defensive coordinator, but all in all, I think, uh, I think Steve Wilkes, I mean, just think about the last minute of the game, right? They didn't have the, this offense ran so efficiently. They didn't even have to use a timeout once, right? Then they stopped them again on that last drive. And if, if, if things had gone well, if, uh, you know, if, if there's there's a shot that they had 
uh, to be able to get the ball in the end zone in that final minute. Um, it just things, certain things were just going the wrong way. Uh, but I think Steve Wilkes, no stock has changed. I still think he deserves a heavy and long look at being the, the, the guy for this team moving forward. Does that mean he's going to get it? I don't know. But I think he deserves a look. And he deserves to have a shot at having a team that he built the way that he wanted, as opposed to having to inherit the, the pieces that another uh, head coach who has been a, who, who clearly did not know how to develop talent uh, how, he had he inherited that roster. I think uh, Steve Wilkes deserves that. I, I think you guys are both right. I kind of lean a little bit more with Cody on this one because I think, like you, I both agree. Sam Darnold's stock has only gone up for, since from week to week to week, right? And I think him being aggressive with the football has been like aggressive downfield has really sh- he's shown off his arm talent. He's shown off his mobility. He's shown uh, some of the things and were kind of that made him a, a top prospect coming into the NFL at one point when it comes to Steve Wilkes, I think it's like hard for his stock to just stay at a, at a, at a position. I think it's either naturally just going up and down by based on if you win or lose, whether that's right or wrong. I don't know if it's the case, right? I mean, I don't know if it's right or wrong, but I just think this is with every win, his stock went up, right? And with every um, loss, whether it's on him as a coach or whatever it is, and I don't think it was bad decisions today. I mean, I, the only one I'm really uh, like, I mean, there was a couple of things maybe that you could have done different. I just think that is, again, Steve Wilkes, his interview uh, is is with his the team's performance this year. And the problem, I don't think the Saints game matters as much now. I mean, I know it doesn't matter for us to get in the playoffs, but I don't think it matters for Wilkes as much. I think if he would, I think it would have been a giant game if we won today. And then Wilkes goes in and wins there. And then all of a sudden you got a playoff game. It's Wilkes, right? Give him the job right away. Uh, but I don't know if winning against the Saints all of a sudden makes you feel uh, tremendously better about Wilkes. The a loss next today week would have. A loss next week certainly make, brings it a little bit further well, into question, though. Yeah, you're right. You're right. All right, let's go to the next call. What's up, C3 family? Happy New Year to everybody. I wish 2023 could could have started with a W, but it didn't. Because let's be honest, you knew we weren't going to win. You know, we not to be negative, but anything that can go wrong will go wrong. But anyway, it was a, a season that Steve Wood came in midway. We got what we wanted. We wanted Matt Rule out of here. Um, I see a lot of things going around about uh, the corners, and the corners, they did get barbecued. But <laughs> when we're going to talk about the pass rush, I, I don't care how good of a corner you are. Tom Brady had all day to throw the ball, and uh, I still think Steve Wilkes needs to be the coach. I really do. Um, I want him to put his imprint this draft, the guys that he wants to do, not – not this three. I know we're playing four three, but we really have the personnel for a three four. And again, I'm not trying to beat a dead horse, man. But Brian Burns, I've only seen him maybe twice in his whole Panthers career, completely take over a game. And you know, I, I hate to kill the guy, but but you know, it is what it is. And then everybody that hated on J.T. Horn, do you miss him now? Because I promise you, Mike Evans haven't had. He had, what, one touchdown the whole season? 
and CJ and, and getting barbecued and Keith Taylor needs to be sponsored by damn a frying pan company because that dude was getting fucking destroyed. But anyway, it was a great season all all and everybody happy new year. Keep pounding. Love y'all. Uh, thanks for the call, happy man. One of the things that's really sad uh, to me about this, uh, about the kind of the state of the Carolina Panthers, this is what I was saying that the line between uh, being a contender and just being a complete and total disaster is very thin for the Panthers. Right. But the again, Matt Rule uh, hung his hat on reforming the Panthers' defense. He's been out when he was on his little parade of tears or whatever. He was doing uh, before he got the Nebraska job. He's talking about how, oh, we had the number two defense, which was a lie last year. I mean, it wasn't right. the number two. But the saddest thing about this to me is that the defense just isn't very good all around, like overall. There are a couple of good players on the defense, right? You got Brian Burns, Derek Brown, and maybe you could say Jeremy Chin or Matt Frankie Luvu. And Frank, like there's a couple of good players on the defense, but there's not a group like there. We're not, they, they don't have a good defensive front, like as a whole, right. they don't have a good secondary as a whole, and they don't have good linebackers as a whole. Like, so there's not even one position group that is very good on the Panthers defense. And that's kind of disconcerting to me for a team that seemingly sacrificed so much offensively over the last couple of years through the draft and whatever it is that we're just not at a better our floor is pretty low for being invested supposedly in this defense. I mean, uh, so that, that kind of bothers me. The number is 252-228-5098. Let's go to the next call. Gentlemen, wow. Well, you know, October, I was playing golf on Sunday afternoons. I gave up on the pants. They said another sucking year. They won't be active. But they were actually mathematically still alive all the way till January 1st. So that is progress, you could say. Uh, gentlemen, what are your thoughts about Cincinnati Bengals defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo? Because the Bengals got to the Super Bowl last year because of their defense. And this guy is a very good coach, good linebackers, which is something the Panthers desperately need. So what are your thoughts? And do you, all three of you, believe that defense wins championships? What are your thoughts? And thank you for a great season, guys. Bye-bye. I mean, it definitely no does win championships. I mean, defense wins championships. I don't think this defense is close nope. to winning a championship. Hold on. But, I, think, uh, it, I think it's fair to yeah, say – Defense wins championships when you have a complementing offense, though. Like I, 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 the the outlier here is going to be the the Broncos um, when they face the Panthers in 2015. But for the most part, when you look at these teams, the majority of people who make it to the uh, to the dance, they have an offense that's decent, right? Or that's good teams at least above win average. championships, right? Good teams um, win championships. The idea that that. The thing that's tough is defenses do not win championships because defense has been taken out of the game by the way that the penalties are set up now. Right. My personal opinion. And you have to be a team that has a, you have to win to win the Super Bowl is a, is a monumentally difficult task, even for teams that have great offenses, teams that have great defenses. You have to win the Super Bowl 
have to have moments where each of the team where the, you you win in a different way. So you can have a great defense, but right. there's going to be a moment your offense has to perform more than you than they've had to for the whole season or something. There's going to be a moment you need the defense to get a stop. Good teams win championships. And you can't I mean now they don't you don't have to have a a great offense. Well, a great defense in a okay offense can win you a championship and a great offense in an okay defense can potentially win you a championship but your team has to be good all around and uh, i i just think it's kind of bizarre that our offense is not the biggest problem now right <laughs> and the d like i don't it's even so know back I, and it, backwards yeah and it's like every other year and week it flips it flips we were literally right, just like, give... we were talking uh, about how our defense couldn't do anything because we had Baker Mayfield who couldn't convert a third down to save his life. I know. But don't you think that it's weird that we have the same conversation at the end of every year and that everybody talks about how good our defense is? And it's last not. year they were like, oh, we were a top, blah, 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 blah. I defense. told you all but last every, year. Yeah, we but were every fan was like, no, we're not. This defense is not what everyone is making it out to be. And today, it is a living embodiment of that notion. We do not have enough help on the defensive line. We do not have enough help on the linebacker core. Jeremy Chen isn't a safety. We need probably two more corners. And We're we probably really need, an Anthony, and we need another wide receiver and another tight end. So it's like there are more holes on this team that we have to address. A ton. Simple. A ton. I don't even know where to start on this defense. Like, what would make the biggest uh, like impact next year? Like, I would mean, it be? I mean, so you can't you can't fix everything at once. I know some people. Oh, add a few. Somebody said, "Oh, you add a few great players to this defense, and then we're really good." Well, you can say that about anything. You know what I'm saying? It's like, uh, I mean, that's a big task. But like, what would make this team? the m better the most next year and i think I it's going like to be on the defensive front yeah i think defensive edge i think defensive end is definitely we and need they got to be able to stop the run time. too they need to be an all-around dude like a pass rusher and run stop like a guy not a one-trick pony like brian burns he's just thinking about this guys we have like six picks is it six picks in the top 100 like yeah we have a pretty large amount. It might be even more than that. We have a pretty large amount of uh, of of guys that are going to be signed to this team come April. There's a lot of opportunity for this team to get better. Um, but right now, uh, I, the part is, I like I, I almost reserve myself to stop not not necessarily stop caring, but stop making my opinion about it because. They're going to do what they're going to do. And at the end of the day, we're going to have to eat it. We're going to have to sit here right. and, and and watch it one of the one way or another. We're going to have to believe that Scott Fitterer knows what he's doing. He's going to draft the guy that he believes is going to get this team uh, to the playoffs uh, or to the, to the big game. I just, um, I don't know enough about these college prospects to be able to make my decision of who that is. It is very difficult to not look at those uh, quarterbacks in those uh, playoffs this past weekend and say, one of these guys don't have the ability to play in this in this league because I can tell you those guys were balling and they looked great. Um, 
Included Stetson Bennett, by the way. Oh, God. Well, don't, he's just going to go down as, like, the greatest college player ever. We're back one, baby. Yeah. Uh, uh, this kid is not, it could not be in the NFL. It would not work in the NFL. Everybody but, says that, but all this dude does is fucking ball. He's too this? tiny, dude. You can't how even see this? him behind the line, oh, dude. dude. You can't how even about see this? him. If Gardner, if Gardner Minshew can be an NFL player, I'm not even saying a starter. I'm saying if Gardner Minshew can be an NFL player or a guy like Mike White for the Jets, Stetson Bennett is going to play some NFL football. Hell, that might be the next franchise quarterback for the 49ers. You never know. The 49ers always find these these dudes in the later rounds that end up being incredible. So, Um, I'm not saying it's great. I'm just saying people hate on them a lot. Well, I'm a Georgia. My family's like Miranda's family's all Georgia alum. So we watch them. We cheer for him. I think he's going to go he, down as like one of the greatest college players or at least college player stories. If he wins this year, if he wins the championship, like is like, it's like a top college career. It's like a, yeah, I don't G think baby he's good. approval. G baby loves him. Dude. I'm telling you, he ain't got the, 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 like not half of that mess will not fly in the NFL. I mean, I'm watching the throws. Like, I mean, it's cool. Like that works in college. He's but, also 26 years old. And he's like five foot six. I know he's not that <laughs> yeah, small, but he's, he's not, tiny. He's, not he's a tiny. Dude. He's not a big dude. Uh, not good. A big you know dude what? Coolest name, coolest name. And arguably I'm telling you, win the championship there. He's going to be in like the, Top five college career storylines ever. Walk on, dude, back to back. College champ, yeah. national champion. That would be some shit. Uh, and what a great last minute win for the Bulldogs. Uh, their defense was the problem. Like the Panthers today, their defense just was. CJ Stroud was just fucking torching them, man. He just looked great. He had his best game of his career. He was like this. I'm. He's like I'm trying to get drafted in the top ten. That's what he's using said. his legs too. Like he yeah. was, he showed mobility. Yeah. And he's not the fastest, but prize picks had him at one and a half rushing yards. That's all they had him for. You know what I'm saying? So like he did everything right. Uh, yeah, it was, it's next. hard not to be impressed with what I, what you saw from him. Yeah. I'm kind of of the, uh, the opinion, the Panthers quarterback draft might be in 2024. Um, let's go to the next call. Well, Hey, what's up guys? This is Alex. Arizona. I haven't called in a while, but I've been been watching the games, and I knew everyone was going to get their hopes up like I did with myself, but you know what? We did not keep pounding for shit today. And I know everyone's been liking Steve Wilkes, but you know what? He didn't keep pounding for shit today. I think we need a new coach. You go for it on fourth and third and get it. But twice, right before the first half was over, on fourth and a foot, he did not fucking go for it. Turned the fucking ball over. Allowed them to come right back and swing into the second half with momentum. The third quarter, we got lucky we stopped them on that long-ass driving block field goal. I mean, dude, the coaching was fucking terrible today. You know, why the fuck did we pick up Josh Norman and not fucking play him more than, like, five fucking plays? Taylor got, dude. They ran the same fucking play to Mike Evans, and he fucking, they scored so easy. Why are you going to pick up that cornerback? You know, why are you going to pick up Josh Norman talking about, we're going to play him about 20, 25 snaps today and fucking play him five snaps? It's terrible coaching, bro. 
fourth and one twice, don't go for it. You want to keep Tom Brady off the field, don't give him the damn ball. They give him the fucking ball. They get a momentum swing. They go with the hurry up, no huddle. They score, they score. And then you're not going to win with turnovers. That's calling today. We went to the air way too many times, turned the ball over, didn't keep it to the ground, had no run game. They pretty much, they made us one-dimensional. They made us throw the football. And guess what? They know they're going to get some turnovers, and they got them. Now look at us. Oh, man. Well, better luck next year, guys. Keep pounding. Ah, thanks for the call, man. Let's keep rocking. Uh, how's it going, y'all? This is Coach and Matt. Call back um, maybe a season ago when we went through all that Matt Rule crap last season. But, uh, you know, I'm not mad about the game. I mean, letting Mike Evans go in was kind of disappointed, but um, you know what it is what it is. Wolf is my head coach. That's why he gets the job. And who knows if we started with Wolf this season then our season would be continuing right now, you know, even after the loss. But, you know, uh, heartbreaking loss, but Tampa's, you know, first-round exits in the playoffs. But, yeah, as soon as we get back to Tampa, we are we'll be back next season. All right, thanks for the – welcome back, man. Welcome back. Thanks for the call. Let's keep going. Hey, my name's Nico. been a lifelong Panthers fan, 95. I'm calling to talk about why Wilkes put us in a better situation than Rule ever would. Rule would always take a timeout to stop a delay a game, but Wilkes let it run, which is smart, because then we had all three timeouts and even a chance to win the game at the end of the game. If that was Rule, I mean, there had been no, no chance for a winning drive. So, yeah, that's, that's just a small example of why he's been so much better as a coach. Thanks. Hey, um, I want to respond to this, if that's cool with you. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so if you're a Panthers fan, the only thing I challenge you, and it's going to be so hard because we've been dealing with mediocre coaching for the past few years. Do not look. I love Steve Wilkes, but if you're grading him based on what Matt Rule did, that isn't going to be a ruler of success, right? Like just because he is, three times better than Matt rule. Like we don't want, we want him to be better or he want, we want him to be the best coach in the NFC and the AFC and the entire NFL. Right. So do we see that being a possibility with Steve Wilkes? Do you, do you think you look at Steve Wilkes and say, he is a, a guy who is going to take you to the Super Bowl? Like, if you feel that way, then let's go after him. But I think what we get and what we've had, it's sort of like the quarterback play too. Right. We've seen Sam Darnold play really well the past few weeks, but he's still not like playing top five quarterback play, right? You still kind of want to get that guy that can win the game at the end of the at the end of the day and actually put up those numbers, similar to like Brady did today, right? That's what you hope you're going to be getting. Sam Darnold could end up tra- turning into that, but like we've been so accustomed to horrendous backup play, I mean quarterback play, that when we see okay or above average play, we're like oh my God, this is the greatest thing we've ever seen in our lives. And I'm guilty of it. And a lot of people in chat are guilty of it. But the same thing with Steve Wilkes. We've been so accustomed to horrible coaching. We see above average coaching and we're like, oh my God, this is the guy moving forward. Let's take Rule out of the equation. Um, and, and if Rule is out of the equation, if you really feel that way about Steve Wilkes, which I lean towards that way, I feel that way about Steve Wilkes, then at that point in time, I think we can, we can 100% say that he's the guy moving forward. 
I think he's done well. I like, I mean, I, I, I would just say that situationally, he's hasn't made like any super errors. We have look composed. He looks composed. So he's done a lot um, with, uh, with, without a lot. Uh, I think I would like to, I would like him to have an opportunity because I want him to see, I want to see what he wants this team to be. Right. I want to see what he does with an entire off season of getting guys ready, draft, going through the draft process, getting the guys that he wants on this team and, and seeing how he builds it up. Because I think that is going to be way more, more of an indication of what type of a coach and if he's going to take us there or not. Um, The only thing is, is like, Unfortunately, Matt Rule, his contract set the precedent for how much you pay a coach here in Carolina. And is Steve Wilkes going to accept less than Matt Rule got paid? Because I sure as hell wouldn't if I'm him. I'm like, I did better than him for the three years, that, for you know half the season than he ever did here. I think I deserve to get paid more than what you thought he was worth. I think not winning today means that uh, they're going to go and get an offensive coach. I, yeah. And I, I think what the, I think that Wilkes uh, probably has, um, I don't like the, I don't know what the, the word should be deserves the job. I don't know if I'd say that uh, he's done a lot to show that he could be a competent, a very good head coach uh, in the NFL. But I think too, part of your history of ownership is going to dictate who your next hire is. And I think this, what, Matt Rule exposed is having a guy who isn't really great at any one thing is a liability in a certain way. And what I think is that Wilkes falls into that category too much is like Wilkes greatest attribute is kind of the steady is the hand, the over, but he's not like, Oh, he's like an offensive guru. You can't even really say he's a defensive guru or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, he's good. I just don't know if uh, if if the how does the past influence Wilkes as opportunity and like CK's even bringing in the money thing, you know? Is uh, do you want to? I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting to see this coaching how they attack yeah. this. We need to try and get Josh Klein on the beat check because he's going crazy on Twitter, basically saying like you know we have a. Uh, Sam was turnover prone today, and you also had uh, a terrible defensive performance, you know, with like your fourth corner, and everybody just wants to put that on Steve Wilkes. And to that point, there is a lot of sense to be made by saying what we had been saying before, that if you give Steve Wilkes an offseason and an opportunity, a free agency class to, to build this team in the right direction, Again, like I said, I would not mind that. Like, if if Steve Wilkes is named the head coach, I'm not sitting here saying, "Damn it, we messed up. We messed oh, up." No, no, I feel Wilkes pretty good. Job. I would feel right, good, right? But but what what the Steve Wilkes defenders also need to hear too is that David Tepper, just like the Raiders did when they didn't uh, rehire Versace after he took them to the playoffs. If he feels like there is some offensive mastermind coach that he can get into the building that is going to lead our charge on offense for the foreseeable future, they do want to draft a quarterback, you will never have a better opportunity to pair an offensive-minded head coach with a young quarterback. Have right. So maybe that alone is something that 
uh, you know, especially with our recent history, maybe David Tepper and Scott Fitterer just aren't willing to do that again. So and I think the rule hire, the the rule hire was so bad, turned mm-hmm. out to be such a disaster that the fallout to it could. I mean, you can throw a lot of babies out with the bathwater because sure. of it. And what I'm one of the things I think that going with Wilkes would mean this, right? Wouldn't that say a Wilkes would be a safe, safer play? Would be a safe right. play. Right. It would be something known, kind of a known commodity. Uh, and you would say has a relatively high floor. Right. As a as a coach. Right. It's the question is the upside is the upside there. The ceiling. How high is the ceiling? The problem with Matt Rule is, is he had a very risky low floor and didn't have a high ceiling. So how is that going to influence is, is, or is the high ceiling and, uh, or low floor going to be more alluring, which one will be more alluring to, um, David Tepper. We'll be following that. Let's go to the next call. Well, fast fan 22-22 here from Greensboro. What a disappointing game today. I mean, C.J. Henderson and Keith Taylor should be released. A lot of this I'm going to put on the back of Steve Wilkes as well. you got to make some adjustments. You brought Josh Norman in when you constantly see Evans beating all of our cornerbacks. Why not put Norman on? He can't be any worse. He shut him down at one point in time in his career. It's hard to be excited. Now we're going to be picking out of the top 10 more than likely. Um, and we didn't make it to the playoffs. We're not going to make it to the playoffs. They say we're still in the hunt. We're not really in the hunt. You know, we're just not mathematically eliminated right now, and that doesn't make it any better. Man, this team just plays with my heart too much. It's uh, really frustrating pulling for these clowns. Just hope we do better next year. I'm looking forward to the off season, to the draft. Let Sam Darnold battle it out with um, our rookie and uh, and draft a defensive tackle and a defensive end or maybe a cornerback with our first couple of picks. We need some help on the other side of Brian Burns and J.C. Horn. Like, we could have really used Horn today, but that's just the way the season goes. Y'all keep pounding. Thanks, Mike. All right, thanks for the call, man. We appreciate it. I know it's kind of a... It is the trials and tribulations of being a fan. Uh, let's go to the next call. Bro, by the way, before we do that, CMC, man, like he is the only piece of offense on that 49ers team. Like, every All my prize picks are ruined. Today. He is going to, they're going to run him into the dirt like we did. And he is going to be like, he, I, I just can't see, by the way, they're not the powerhouse people think they are anymore. Okay. I mean, next they're about call. to, they're 24 24 against Las Vegas. With their backup quarterback. Oh gosh, the the Ra- you know the Raiders are also schizophrenic. They're a schizophrenic team. Let's go to the next call. Damn, I'm so fucking frustrated. I had to call again, dude. But you know what? This reminds me, like last year when we played the fucking Redskins, Cam Newton came back, and we played against Ron Rivera. 
And Ron Rivera had a, he fucking came out and was like, I'm going to fuck these dudes up. And they had Taylor Heineke. And they fucking went for it almost every fucking time on fourth and short and got it. They beat us. And I just felt like we were going to come out today and we were going to play like we had a chip on our shoulder. We are going to, we had momentum up 14-0, fourth and a foot, you know. I'm hearing you guys. I'm listening to you guys right now, and I'm calling in. But, man, I'm sorry. But, yes, Steve Wilkes, I I feel like the fans and the players want him to be there because we only won one fucking game with Matt Rule, and he came in, and he got us four wins and fucking eight losses, whatever, so it's so much better. But realistically, guys, that should not be our fucking head coach. We should be fucking talking about the playoffs right now, and we're not. The coaching losses this fucking game. Okay. They should have double coverage on fucking Julio Jones and Mike Evans today. Right. Those guys didn't run for shit. Julio Jones. They thanks. averaged like fucking 1.8 yards a carry. So you knew Tom Brady was either going to throw it down the middle for a couple yards or he was going to throw deep. They had nothing. And we just couldn't fucking get the coaching. We did not drop the ball on defense. We did not drop the ball on fucking offense, actually. I felt like we dropped the ball on coaching today, and Steve Wilkes should not be our fucking coach, man. This is Alex from Tucson. Guys, keep pounding. I, I mean, maybe. Uh, thanks for the call. Um, I don't think that I, – I do agree that the the Wilkes has just been such a breath of fresh air in, in lieu of Matt Rule that that's right. given – that's one of the things you could be emotionally. I mean, it's a good storyline to him and some different things. But like when it comes to coaching, I don't think it was just coaching that lost us this game. I think the defense played poorly. But then if you do want to talk coaching, maybe it's not only Wilkes in this case, it's the Al Holcomb, who's the defensive coordinator. And the question is, if you do go with Steve Wilkes next year, will McAdoo return as offensive coordinator? Al Holcomb is his boy. That was his defensive coordinator when he was with in Arizona. He's been tight with him. I mean, they're friends and kind of in it together. They have that tight relationship. Will he automatically come back? So I don't think it's ensured that uh, Steve Wilkes is necessarily enshrined uh, as the coach. And, uh, he should be, like you said, I think, CK, you said it well earlier, is that he should be given a real good, hard look. But you can't only let your kind of uh, post-rule happiness um, guide your – you have to think with your head right. and not your heart. And I got to say this, guys. You said – see, uh, Cody, I want to ask you one question, and then we'll go yeah. to the next call. You said that next week was very important for – was it Steve Wilkes earlier that you said that? Yeah. Yeah, Isn't it, like I think the worst thing to do. I, I don't think the Panthers should win this game. I think they. I don't. I, I think that winning against New Orleans next week would be kind of like winning against Washington was in Rule's first year. But even it wouldn't worse. be that bad. <clears throat> no, it no. wouldn't be that bad. We dropped down to like the four, like down to like fourteen or something crazy like that. It was something really well, bad. first like, is that the, the New Orleans is going to le- leapfrog us in the draft, and they don't have a pick. So Philly's just going to get another top pick. Right. If that's the case. But really, wouldn't it be – I mean, wouldn't it nice? Wouldn't it be nice to shake out if we could move somewhere from eight to six or five? Wouldn't that make it a little – you know, a little bit 
better situation in the draft. I would think it would help a little bit. It wouldn't hurt. I think uh, moving to 12 would hurt more see, than that's it would the thing. Help. Like Now we're doing this thing as, oh, we should lose to protect the draft pick. And, and it's do fans, not only do certain fans hate that, but even the fans that do want us to do that, you know, good luck. These guys are all playing for something. They're not just going to go out there and just put out a piss poor performance. Right. And part of the reasons why I said that about Steve Wilkes is yes, every game going forward is a part of his job interview. And it's important for him, but it's not good for the Panthers to win. Yeah, but how are you going to lose? Like, no one's going to willingly lose the game. No, no, but like, wouldn't it be nice to lose by one point? If you're talking about draft position, yeah, at this point, since we're not. Since we're not competing for anything, a loss for us objectively would technically be better. However, seeing how the, this Panther team is now that nothing is on the line, I fully expect the Panthers to win next Sunday. I mean, well, that's every other real. week, like, every other week. And how about yeah. this? Is that if we don't, if the Panthers don't win, does that real does that preclude Wilkes from the job, getting the job? Does that kind of what could happen? Would losing two in a row for Wilkes at this moment, would that put him out of the running or would his stock be just the same as it was after this week if he lost in a competitive game next week if on the road? The, I, I think all of those same arguments still apply to him, that the <laughs> roster is not good. All, right. you, know, you, have got, you have bad corners. You need another linebacker. You need another DN. You know, we have so many other needs that I just think that, that – uh, you know, Steve Wilkes was having to do a lot this season with not a whole lot to his name. We need to steal one today. That's going to be the argument for Steve Wilkes going forward. Um, Hey, Roosevelt Mongo gave us another $5. uh, And this is something to talk about too. The NFL PA filed a grievance against the Panthers uh, for chat. Didn't happy wants the grass back and uh yeah this is something that happened too. the detroit lions they were complaining all dude it was all over social media how much the uh, were complaining about the the turf when we played them and even though you know you can say okay they're being a bunch of whiners dude this is our home field turf if sure. the turf is not safe and comfortable for our players then yeah, money bags needs to needs to pony up and make sure that this field isn't gonna hurt our players. And the, the Lions future. play on turf at home, so it's not like they're a grass team. Right, that play, right, right. right. <laughs> so, so they're like, like they're hey, this turf sucks, and we got way. turf. Yeah, so dude, I, I'm I'm happy that that the NFLPA is finding the Panthers because at the end of the day, it's gonna go to Tepper, right? Unless I'm finding him, finding well, they're, him they're, they're, they're fighting him. They're fighting. Is oh, what fighting. I okay. All right. Let's go to the next goal. What's up, C3? Noah here. Wow. Um, this game just is like, just makes me so mad. And I was going to say, like, CJ Henderson, like, really, all you had to do was not let Chris, like, not let Evans catch the ball like literally he scored three times on you on the same dang play 
same play, and he scored. Like, and like, come on. Like, Carolina, Carolina is just so bad. They're bad. Like, literally, this game, really, we had it in our back. But once the defense started to fail, like, like I don't understand. Like, like, no, like, Brian Burns, like, I'm not willing to pay Brian Burns no big deal money, Ooh. and he's not even doing, he's not even making plays for no, big deal money. After. Like, it's like, it don't make no sense to me. It don't. And, you know, I don't know, but keep pounding. I'm out. Noah. I'm out. Great call, Noah. He said. It makes no sense. <laughs> makes no sense. Uh, let's go to the next call. What it do, boys? It's your boy, Mike. Hey, 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 premium pod. What up, Mike? I just called in to tell you guys that, um, what time is it? It's almost five o'clock. Um, ain't been kind of moping around. About to go, uh, go cry in the shower. Then I'm, uh, Binge watch a bunch of anime, kind of take my mind off football. Hell yeah! What you watching? Basically a uh, kind of like a play-in game, I guess you can say for us, kind of like what the NBA does, and didn't happen the way we wanted, but it is what it is. Gotta keep our heads up, keep pounding, like the mantra says. Look forward to next season, even though we got one game left. Um, uh, yeah, but oh well, anime will hold me over until uh, <laughs> until the next year. It's all good. Peace out, boys. Keep counting. Yeah, I uh, um, when it comes to Shaq Thompson, like. Uh, we really, I don't really care what, if he's happy or not at this point, I don't think he's going to be with the Carolina Panthers in the future. Who cares if what he thinks about the field this is a good comment from Graves. Can you guys even remember one game where Luke or TD's name wasn't called when they played? Do you ever hear Shaq's name? <clears throat> you know, as, um, occasionally he'll make a decent play, but yeah. I hear Luvu's name far more than I hear Shaq Thompson's name. Yeah. Um, let's go to the next call. Yo, Damien reaching back out from Utah. Shitty loss. You know, season's over. But bright side, we can't just toss Darnold or just try to replace, take a shot in the draft for just a someone to be like him. Shroud looked good last night. But, I mean, did he lose in the same fashion that we just did? Not so much. We had a chance. Looked good. But, damn, Darnold can throw some beauty stay. But all right, Panther fans, we looked great. We need JT Horn back. We need to get some more defensive help. We need to re-sign Josh Norman because goddamn, when he was on the field, they didn't do nothing. You know, oh, what are the God. stats? I don't even know the stats. Why oh, sign him though? All right, my friends, uh, keep it, keep pounding, keep, keep, keep being happy. All right, love you guys. All right, man, appreciate the call. Appreciate it. Uh, and no, I, I want to ask this though. Why did we sign Josh Norman? Really? I think it. For what? I, I I don't know honestly. I I really don't like. I, maybe they signed him and they got him in practice and he was looking all right, but maybe he just wasn't performing or picking up on the defense as well as the other guys were. I 
I don't know, man. I am. I thought the same thing. Steve Wilkes said that that he would probably play around 25 snaps. That's what I heard. Yeah. There is no way in hell Josh Norman played 25 snaps. Like no, if he did not. you 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 know that you need defensive back help, and and you sign him. Like if you're gonna sign him to try and make a push, this is the game where you needed to make a push. Why are you not playing him? I don't care Especially how. Especially while you were uh, getting torqued by the other guys. Right. And if you're going to tell me that Josh Norman's experience wouldn't pay some dividends, if you put him in the place of Keith Taylor, yeah, maybe he's not in the best football shape. But damn, it's better than the bums that we're charting out there that are getting burned every other fucking CJ Henderson's a problem. Excellent. I don't even care about Keith Taylor. I don't care about CJ Henderson was a top 10 draft pick you traded for. Right. And this guy is is just not any good. I mean, Keith Taylor, what fifth round pick or whatever. I mean, I like, I mean, you know, is like even Greg, Greg Olson said this is not the type of coverage. Like he's not meant to be in these like deep route situations and stuff like this. I mean, for me, it's CJ Henderson. It's just like, gosh, man, he just anyway. I would have just benched him and put Josh Norman in there. And Trey Boston was yeah. saying this all over Twitter is that you look, you, you had, uh, you gave Keith Taylor a chance. He got smoked. You gave CJ Henderson's gotten smoked twice. Why not just put Norman out there on Evans and see, can, can it be any worse? Can it be even worse? You know, is that right. at the very end of the day is maybe, uh, I mean, I just would have been CJ Henderson after that one play. Um, after the know. second touchdown that you gave up, acquitted yeah, him. The quit when they quit twice on the play, man. Like yeah. it was just like, and it just looked like he wasn't paying attention. Um, um. All right. Uh, next call. Hey, Panther Nation. Um, bottom line is we beat ourselves. We beat ourselves. We all know that. This is. I mean, the small little things. That just, I mean, you got to jump on that fumble. It's not like the Cam one from the Super Bowl. You got to jump on that one. You don't run and try to scoop that one. Got to jump on that. It was an awful pick uh, that he threw. Awful. Um, so, other than that, you know, Sam did a, you know, a hell of a job. He did a really good job, but those those are those are two things that really hit us hard. Then, of course, we have C.J. Henderson and Keith Taylor letting the same damn play, the exact same play, get us three times. That's us beating ourselves. How do we not? I mean, you have to get extra help. We have to, no matter what. I mean, you have to, you have to adjust and realize. Wow, we need to have safe a safety out there. As much as we don't want to, you're going to have to have them. I don't care if it's at the damn goal line. You have to have them out there because you know these right. dudes are going to be toast, burnt like toast. That's how it's going to be. Which made me think. Wilkes kind of seen in over his head right there. Now, I don't, I'm not saying Wilkes shouldn't be our head coach, 
going into the next season. I, it just seemed like, I mean, if you can't make those types of little adjustments to make sure that shit's not going to happen again, you know, that's that's rough. Fair, fair but, point. Uh, somebody was saying that they think the defense lost it for us and whatnot. I don't think that. There was a couple guys, those those two that I just mentioned on defense. Yeah, they did. But, I mean, Luvu and uh, a lot of the players that were doing special teams did a hell of a job. I don't think it was the defense or really any. We just found ways to beat, our, beat ourselves in, in every possible way. But, um, I mean, if you can't adjust to what Evans is doing, that's, you know, Wilkes needs to own up to that. Um, but, but guys, uh, I am looking forward to next season. And I love the show. Keep pounding Panther Nation. I think Much this, love. I think this call was Dr. Rosen Rosen in the chat, man. Good call. Um, I do think the defense was, was bad at, at all levels, Yeah, but, but you get, again, that also correlates is you can't have that discussion without talking about the coaching. And uh, while I know that Wilkes is going to fall, is, is going to get a lot of the flack here. I mean, we should probably look to Al Holcomb, the defensive coordinator sure. is the guy who really needs to be making those technical adjustments in a way as in um, while maybe Wilkes okaying some of the, the calls like as he's overhearing it. But I think it's really on Holcomb up there in the booth or whatever to be saying, all right, we can't get beat over the top again. We can't get beat over the top again. And Wilkes should be saying that on the mic too. Again, I think that this is why Wilkes, whether it's fair, unfair, right, or wrong. I think the, a win today would have really helped to go a long way towards solidifying him as a head coach. And a loss just brings more questions up and probably makes it uh, less likely. You know, I mean, it just didn't help his style. It wasn't a good day on the on the interview train. And every week, unlike other coaches who are just going to go in there and do an interview and go off of their past record or whatever it is, is his interviews happening each and every week. And his interview will be over right next week. And yeah, they're going to try. They're going to have to bring him in but they're going to really have already probably made their decision about Steve Wilkes after next week, whether he is or isn't the guy. Right. I don't think all of a sudden he's going to go in there and they're going to say, well, we're not going to go with Steve Wilkes. And then he's going to have a great interview and they go, you know what? We're going to go with Steve Wilkes. But you know what though? We're, we're not even mentioning one of the most important factors in this whole Steve Wilkes conversation. What's and that? we need to. Um, and it's the lawsuit. lawsuit. Uh, you have to. Tony, here's why you have to. Because it's literally the point of the of the entire lawsuit, right? right. Not only did Steve Wilkes not get a chance, a genuine chance as the head coach of the Cardinals, but if he becomes the inter he became the interim and then had the Panthers within one game of, you know, contending to have a playoff, a home playoff game. And then if you're not going to give him the job after that, it, it only kind of goes to further the argument that the lawsuit is trying to make. I think so, that I, I do think you're right. If, if he would have won one or two more games, I think you're right. But I think if he loses, if they lose next week and you finish six and what, what does that make you six and 11? We would be, we're six and 10 we now. 
if no, we, if we lose, they should be six eleven to finish out the season. I don't think that that's going to be enough to say. I think there will be enough questions to where you could say, look, is that he, we're very impressed with what he did, but we just don't think he's the long-term solution. But I think if he won this week, then like you're saying, all of a sudden it becomes harder and harder not to hire the guy. It becomes a a bigger, um, a bigger, I'm trying to think of the right word. Um, It becomes a, a much bigger controversy if he did win. Yeah, and you but didn't hire him. Losing out, okay. If you lose two in a row, I think there would be enough kind of things to where you don't have to feel like bu- not bullied right. into it. But I mean, like if he would have won this week and next week, and you you didn't hire him, then that's the whole point, right? Um, I think he just yep. needed to win one more game. I think the Pittsburgh game and this game, either one, you could pick either one of them, and then that would have made you in contention in weeks in seventeen. Right, either one of those games would have made us so next week still had playoff implications. Right, and uh, since that doesn't happen now, next week can't really but add to the resume, but so much. That's what I think. I mean, uh, so- and then the David David Garner makes a great point too. Uh, he said, "Did Wilkes beat any team that was a?" That's a good question. Did we? Well, um, I mean, I mean we even the Bucks Bay. weren't above 500 at the time. We beat who? Did you say, CK? I mean, I was going to say Tampa Bay. Yeah, I mean, I guess they're gonna they could finish above 500. Um, all right, we man. Did we go on the road to be recently? This whole this whole season's a blur. Uh, we went on the road and we beat who Seattle. Oh, we beat Seattle. They have a winner. Yeah, yeah, Seattle. Yeah, yeah. So we beat Seattle. Yeah, that. that And honestly, I would say we beat Detroit. And and I know their record isn't necessarily uh, positive. They won today, though. But they are. Yeah, and they won dominantly. By the way, like destroyed the Bears, um, like forty to ten. It was ridiculous. Um, but I think I I still consider them a positive. I mean, they were six and one uh, in the past uh, seven games, but when we were facing them, so. Like we were facing a red hot team that everybody yeah. was like saying was just going to be impossible to beat based on the way they had been performing. Good point. Good point. Next call. Hey, this is Panther Pickle. Listen, um, I'm sorry to make a second phone call, but I've got to get this out because I keep hearing people talk. We have lots of other positions of need before quarterback. Okay, his quarterback isn't even the top five needs on this team okay let's let's just get this bullshit aside okay or excuse me let's get this stuff put aside all right um we need a defensive end before we need another quarterback we need a defensive tackle before we need another quarterback we need a linebacker actually we need about two or two linebackers before we need another defensive tackle Okay, we also need a corner before we need to defend. Before we need a quarterback, we need a um, tight end before we need a quarterback. We could use another wide receiver before we need a quarterback. Okay, so let's let's put this. Uh, uh, the world's going to be fixed by drafting another tight end or another quarterback. The rest, okay. Yeah. Okay, um, it, it, it's a very lame excuse, and it shows that you don't really have a full knowledge of the game of football if the only way you're going to 
fix their problem is bringing in another quarterback. And also about this, hey, some people got going around on Steve Wilkes. Let's be real freaking clear here, okay? This, oh, we're going to get an offensive coordinator. We got it. Okay. Last year, the Denver Broncos went out and drafted or signed them an offensive coordinator so they could make him a head coach. And they brought in a free agent, a top level free agent quarterback. And how the hell did that work for him? How the hell did that fucking work for the Broncos? Exactly. Well, now, the Colts, a few years ago, they went out and got a, a, a real good offensive-minded guy to be their to be their head coach. How the hell did that work for him? How the hell did that work for that bullshit? Okay? So, 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 yeah. uh, all right? I, I, it didn't work out so good, did it? Okay, then. All right? Just because you go out and get a guy that's got offensive coordinator beside his name don't mean he's going to be freaking good. True. All right. Thanks, Panther. True, true, true. I mean, hey, C3 Podcast. This is Daryl Hardy. I'm from Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, First and foremost, uh, I love your show. I think you guys put out great content. Um, And I just, I just really love your show. We appreciate Um, it. One of the first things I want to say. Sometimes I feel like it's agonizing being a Panthers fan. Um, sometimes I feel like you could spot us 10 points at the start of every game, and somehow we would find a way to squander it. With that being said, that's just me feeling a little salty right now. Um, I'm disappointed in Steve Wilkes. I really thought um, he would have changed the defensive coverage to have safety help to help out Henderson um, after that second big touchdown by Mike Evans. Um, and I didn't see any adjustments made. Um, I'm a little disappointed with Aquanu um, with that strip sack that he gave up. Um, I'm going to give him still some grace this year because he's still a rookie, but he has gotten penalties at some of the worst times. And he's given up some big sacks in some of the worst times in the game. Um, And overall, um, just our defense, we just really couldn't. um, We couldn't stop the Bucs on critical third down situations. And probably the most toughest thing about this game today is we caught a lot of breaks and we had a lot of gifts given to us. Um, And somehow we just still couldn't get over the hump. This is a good call. Nevertheless, um, we won more games this year than we did last season. Uh, this season has been a roller coaster, to say the least. Um, I'm hoping we can close out this season beating the Saints. Um, and I'm looking forward to the offseason moves that we try to make to bolster our roster. Um, but you guys keep doing the Wonderful things you are. I thank God for you guys and be blessed and happy new year. Thank you, man. Fantastic call. Oh, yeah. Really was. Um, and you know, a Ron Rivera old adage is that uh, I think it's explosive plays win games. Like you got to limit the key to a, a great, a good defensive pl- performance is limiting explosive plays. And we didn't do that today. And it's just kind of strange. That's why it's like today was not a good day in the Wilkes campaign for head coach because 
this was the, I mean, that's not the way you want to lose either. If you're kind of a defensive coach and those adjustments do bring questions or the lack of adjustments bring questions. I mean, you are facing, and what's kind of the irony of this is that uh, I think he said in the halftime and they went on the broadcast, they went to Aaron Andrews or something and, uh, or whoever was on the sideline doing the reporting and, the message that Steve Wilkes said to these, to the players was be aggressive. You got to remember that the uh, goat is on the other is over there. The greatest ever do it. And Tom Brady, and you got like, you've got to, we've got to beat him. And then the irony is, is that Wilkes even fell to that advice, you know, like couldn't even uh, raise to that, rise to that occasion in a sense. Uh, Hey, before before we go on, uh, shout out to the stats. My man, he's been on the Friday Free For All. Uh, He gave out 10 gifted super fans. Oh, Oh, man. Yeah, so now we got 10 more super fans that can use their, uh, that can use our custom emojis, custom tags. So shout out to the man, man. That was was really nice. That is awesome, and you can be a C3 super fan. Uh, it's just a small way of supporting the show. Dollar ninety nine a month uh, gets you the loyalty badge, and you can move up the ranks for uh, Steve Wilkes is one of the images, and I'm probably going to add uh, Sam Mills as the one-year member, I think. Uh, we'll put a little picture of him or something to that effect. I'm going to add, so, so we'll be doing a lot more with that, but uh, all the people that are calling in, um participating in the chat smashing the thumb subscribing listening from like daryl from raleigh uh listen maybe on spotify itunes tune in stitcher wherever you get your podcast you're supporting the c3 panthers podcast with your time and your energy and love we appreciate it and we wishing you a happy new year uh despite this challenge now brace yourselves folks it's time for Uh g baby Uh uh-oh Put on you your flame Hey, hey, hey. I know a lot of your hearts are broken. But you know who the fuck it is. Booyaka, booyaka, booyaka! Got a great intro. I know you guys are broken. Trust me. I've been there plenty of times. Plenty of years. Okay, we got comforting G-Baby today. Getting my heart all invested. Getting out of character losing my sanity over this fuck ass team but when i say i told you so i'm gonna have to say i fucking told you so man uh i got clowned i got beat the fuck up when i said we should have traded jc horn and brian burns looking at today did we have jc horn today to help us with this big ass playoff run you guys wanted to have no want to know why because you always got broken bones if you're going to fucking put that injury-prone tag on Dante Jackson and company, you need to put it on fucking J.C. Horn, too, because he wasn't there. I got clowned because I wanted to trade Brian Burns. And we got offered two first-round picks. Even though they're fucking future first-rounders, aren't we rebuilding? <laughs> aren't we looking towards the future? It's like, goddamn, y'all get your dicks played with, and now you want to wipe the bitch. Like, come on, bruh. Let's slow the fuck down, bruh. Like, come on. Two future first-rounders and this year's second. Now, imagine how that looks now if we would have took, took in that fucking trade, taken that fucking trade. Especially from the Rams? 
Think about that right but now. You guys want to clown a bad record? Come on, man. <laughs> Running game non-existent. We can't run the ball because every single time we play a great or even semi-good playoff team with a fucking good defense, they stop the run. Yeah, we was able to run all up the, the, the yin-yang against the Lions because they don't got no fucking defense, bro. They don't got no linebackers. We face a great defense with two great fucking linebackers and Le- Levante David and fucking Derek fucking White. They had two D tackles. They had Vita Bea and they had fucking Akeem Hicks. That's big three football. And, but then you guys want us to tell oh, Brian Burns he's someone on the outside. He had fucking Son Riddick and still didn't do shit. He's not an elite pass rusher. We can't pay this man this bag. Do you want to franchise tag him? Maybe. I got a lot to fucking say because, oh, gee, baby, you're not a fucking fan. You want to trade the whole – no, I'm a realist, man. I've been a fucking fan since 01. Been cheering for the motherfuckers since 95, bro. I know what a great fucking Carolina Panthers team looks like, and this is not it. <laughs> Injuries on the fucking backside of the fucking football. A lot of mother. G baby got the chat going. Honest, honestly, he isn't wrong. He didn't in the end of that, huh? There's always kind of some truth in the middle with G baby's points, you know. And look, is JC Horn not being here now? Is trading JC Horn the right answer? No. Or, I mean, was that the, is that the right take? No. But asking questions about, man, look, he just wasn't there. You said availability is a big deal. And it would have helped today. Um, He has got something. There is something to be said with that run game. With that is like, I don't know. I thought that, you know, I didn't think the offensive line was that bad today. I didn't think they were like dominant. Like, But he's right. It's like the. You run on the Lions because they do stink. And you went up against a team that's better suited to stop the run with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? From their linebackers to their front four. They're just better built. And Todd Bowles is going to have that team to do that, uh, I would think. So, um, and then there have been people who are saying, like, I mean, there have been questions about Brian Burns. Is, you know, is he a, a very good player? Is he an elite player? Um, and then I didn't even think about this, though, is I hadn't thought about the franchise tag with him. I wonder if that is the the route to go. And and is that the route to go, though, actually? Or does that just punt it one more year? Who? I mean, it still for punts who? it one more year. To franchise, franchise tag for who? Brian Burns. Burns. Maybe if you franchise tagged him and drafted a defensive end at, like, eight and then you could see, man, what if we maybe get that guy and you go, this tandem could work together. And then you sign Brian Burns the next year. I don't know. I don't know. It'd be interesting to I see. Mean, potentially. Um, here's my thing. He mentions, you know, Dante Jackson. He's a big time defender of Dante Jackson. But here's the thing. JC Horn is a better player than Dante Jackson. And he's also younger. Oh, totally. Too. totally. So, yeah, so it's like there's there's a difference between those two, G. Like that's the difference. There is and, a difference, and 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 the part where I say you've got to give, you've got to understand, like you've got to be able to look at it in two separate uh, occasions, right? Um, the problem is, is Dante Jackson 
has been injury prone his like for multiple more than for longer just, for longer <laughs> like every single year that he's played and he's in his what fifth year now right but a couple more years for JC Horn, you've got it. You do have to put him in the same category. That's why I say he does make some points. But at the end of the day, it is clear the difference between the two of those guys. Uh, JC oh, Horn is. I mean, it's not even in the same stratosphere. Yeah, like the type of player. Dante is like a tier three corner, and JC is a tier one corner. And so you you still sell the farm for that tier one corner. Especially if you can get a guy to compliment on the other, compliment him on the other side. Dante is a good corner uh, on a, on a good defense, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, he's a good play, a good defensive play. To be honest, is maybe Dante should be our free safety. Maybe. A lot of people have been we've been saying this for a long time. Yeah. Get that speed, put him out back there, man. Yeah. Uh, I would do it, it and if not. Stop putting him like, on the outside. Put him, put him in the slot. Like, put him in the slot. That's, that's I mean, it would probably think. be less physically imposing on him to be a safety, a free safety. I don't know. It just seems like at this point, man, we need it. All right, let's go to the next goal. Hey, what's going on, y'all? It's Coach again. Uh, I see a lot of people talking about, like, drafting QBs and whatnot. Y'all got G-Baby in the channel all riled up. I'm not going <laughs> to bump heads. Um, like, everybody has their opinion, but I feel like definitely going off of what Cody said, having Brian Burns and Derek Brown and adding another DN like Miles um, Murphy from Clemson or what's his name from Iowa State, uh, Will McDonald, like these big guys. I think what Miles Murphy is like 6'5", like 2-something. We need – Big explosive guys that can get to the backfield, and Mal- imagine Miles Murphy coming on the one corner, Burns are on another corner, and Brown coming through the gut. Like we need to fill those D line gaps. We need corner help. We need linebacker help. I just feel like there's so much holes in our defense right now. I mean, I'm not going to add to the C.J. Henderson because we all have our feelings, are in our feelings about that, and have our own opinions about it. But like. We need help. There's no point in going and get, you know, number one prospect quarterback to trying to trade up all the way to pick two when it's not going to happen. Those quarterbacks are going to go boom, 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 boom. You know, like our best bet is best available on the defense because we got gaps in almost every position on the defense. But that's just my opinion on the draft, I think we can do a lot in free agency too, whether that be filling in the corner position through free agency, draft, then drafting for a D-line or linebacker position. But I don't know, yeah. I feel like we have a lot of uh, – a lot. Of, I would say a lot of room to work with going through a free agency in the draft. But everybody got their heads down, bro. We got – we got obviously, we got to – we have a lot of room to improve. But I feel like uh, with what – what Wilkes did through the small amount of time that he was here, like he showed that a Matt rule is a damn idiot. And that I don't even want to talk about Baker. Sam Donald should have been starting. I know he was hurt and whatnot, but next year we got, I say Sam Donald's our starter, have Matt Corral work behind him. And then eventually for the season, put Matt Corral 
in that leading position and see what he can do. I mean, we got him for a reason. We got to see how he can ball. I mean, he didn't even get a chance. He got hurt, right? So I feel like we got to see with what, what our youth has to deliver to us and if it ain't it in the next couple of years and then, then go crazy in the draft, you know what I mean? And get that boy from Michigan or something. I don't know. Let me know what y'all think about that. I'll catch up, boys, later. I mean, dude, that that's my that's my optimal scenario. If we're able to get Sam back on a cheap contract, yeah. let him you know let him come in and continue where he left off this year, and also see what you have in Matt Corral. We traded this man has a big time arm. He is really fast. He had eleven touch rushing in the S year at Ole Miss and he's been putting on muscle putting on weight if people are worried about the list Frank Travis Etienne the running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars he broke his list Frank in the preseason last year and look what that man's doing this year he's a thousand yard rusher playing running back like people are so afraid that he'll never recover from that list Frank dude he's a young guy He's not some old timer. He will be fine. I just want to see this man get a chance before we cast him off for a bag of chips. I mean, that's really all I want. And the truth of the matter is, I know that all you freaks want is to come here, get your therapy session, and without broadcasting it to the world, shamed a little bit. And that's fine, dude. I'm not even judging. In fact, I want you to get the things that you want. So without further ado, be Papa. Talk to him. Ladies and gentlemen, you come here, maybe with your head down, maybe feeling a little bit under the weather. Maybe, you know, if you don't have to work tomorrow, you'd sleep in a little bit. If you do have to work in, maybe you'd call out. I don't know, but you're Panthers fans, and you still showed up to watch us talk about the Panthers' disappointing loss to the Bucks, The elimination from the playoffs, but we have a future. We have things that are moving in the right direction. There is things to be excited about and optimi- opti- optimistic about. But you've come in here and you haven't hit that like button yet. Well, I have one thing to say to all you absolute freaks. Subscriber shame. Seventy-seven people strong. One hundred and ten thumbs up. Listen, y'all, hit that like, hit that subscribe, hit that notification bell for every single time the C Three Panthers podcast and goes live. Man, we might not be able to directly affect what happens with the Panthers, but you can definitely affect what happens with the C3 Panthers podcast. Hit that like button, hit that notification bell. That helps us be seen by as many people possible. We're trying to grow our Panther fan community. And listen, it didn't happen this year, but eventually, boys, we're going to be doing this podcast in the playoffs, damn it. It's going to happen. It is going to happen but we got to buckle up. We got to batten down the hatches for the long haul. P3 
Panther fans don't run, baby. We keep pounding. So if you have that same energy, keep pounding that like button for your boys. Oh, yeah. Let's go to the next call. Hey, guys. It's the girl that makes him howl, a.k.a. Joey the Brian oh, Panther. And it was a very entertaining game today. I will say that it was, it was super entertaining. The things that the, the passes that Sam Darnold was actually able to throw, despite the fact that Sam Darnold returned slightly to his true form through like had like three turnovers, you know, debatably he had three turnovers because some of them probably weren't his fault. But when Sam Darnold was asked to, uh, now he didn't win us the game, but when he when we had to pass the ball. Okay. He did it. He was able to show that he could pass the ball and that he can he can get it done. The thing is, I wanna echo what a lot of people have been saying our defense. Uh where the hell were they? I know I didn't see them out there. But I don't think anybody did. Cause I don't even think Tom Brady saw them out there because every time he wanted to throw something to Mike Evans or Chris Godwin, it was going to the end zone. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. But, again, I can't blame this on Steve Wilkes. I don't know why some of these fans are so quick to turn on Steve after this loss. And I know they gave him the benefit of the doubt with uh, Pittsburgh. But this wasn't Steve's fault. All right. This was the fact that we're kind of thin on defense. Like, once, like, now our starting defense, no injuries, is awesome. But when we have key injuries, we don't have very much depth, obviously. Even I saw that Keith Taylor and C.J. Henderson should be launched with a missile far away from Carolina, as far away as you can get them. I don't care if you don't get a freaking bag of cockies for them. Get them out of here. But they're bad. Now, maybe you keep one of them in his death if we absolutely have to. we got to do something about our cornerbacks. And it's like, we saw so many needs today that it would be foolish just to go all in on a quarterback. And I know I got some of you more energetic than Tom Brady after winning this game today. Anyway, guys. He got cut off. Oh no! Oh, Joey, Joey, you have to call right, in. He caught. Nah, he caught. He got another. Okay, call. okay, okay, okay. Hey guys, it's Joey the Blind Panther again. Only called up because I got caught up, cut off doing my roar. But now that I had to call again, I'm just gonna elaborate on what I was gonna say. <laughs> He's gonna make us wait longer. We really shouldn't go all in on a QB this year. I think if. I think if Sam Donald has a full off season with Steve Wilkes and and, and uh, whoever the offensive coordinator is, come to those who and we don't do any of this 
stupid competition bullshit that took reps away from everybody, really, except Baker Mayfield, because everybody knew what was going on. But if we don't do that, and we can have Sam Donald and Matt Corral, I think we'll be fine at quarterback. Honestly, with that, with our offensive line, with our quarterback, you know, maybe we could stand to pick up another wide receiver. That might help too. Maybe another running back or running back. Although that's the one position we have a lot of depth at. But all we really need, we really need a lot of defensive help, and we need, and we could stand to have another wide receiver. We could look at a quarterback. It's but cut him off again. don't get too excited. Um, we have more needs than that. Anyway, guys. Wow, wow, wow. That, that growl is so legendary now. While Joey is doing his calls, the chat is just like, do the growl, do it. Here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next go. By the way, I agree with everything my man said. Like, literally everything. Like, I, I, Sam Darnold and Matt Corral, you could do a lot worse than it's that. It's one of I'm Joey's good, better calls, I would say, is when yeah. my man started out saying I couldn't see it, but I don't think anybody else could. I was like, man, <laughs> good call. Good call. Uh, next call. Yo, C3, it's JD again. Uh, I was I was I was in the comments and somebody just said something and and it resonated with me and I wanted to call in. Uh, yeah, but the comment was the hardest thing about being a Panthers fan is hearing other supposed fans bitch about the team. And like I said, it resonated with me. We lost today and that sucks. But as AJ said also in the chat, if Wilts wins this game. Half the people that are sitting there hollering about how he's not a head coach, half those people are going to be sitting there hollering about, oh, he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. You wishy-washy. You have no loyalty whatsoever. Like, I'm saying this not trying to be Mr. Positive. There's good to take away from this game. There's bad to take away from it. If you're one of those people hollering about how we need to draft a fucking QB because a QB is going to suddenly change the direction of the team, I'm going to ask you what game did you fucking watch? Because our quarterback wasn't the one who allowed Mike Evans to go for over 200 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, so, so drafting the rookie QB is going to fix that, right? Drafting the rookie QB is going to fix the pass rush. That's, that's, that's what a rookie QB is going to do for a team, right? So I swear, man, people got brains and it seems like they do not want to use them. Bitching about the team and the state of things. When there's positive to be seen, but you can't, you don't want to, you don't want to speak on that. All you want to speak on is the negative. It was wild, man. And and another thing I wanted to say, it wouldn't have mattered. I feel like it really wouldn't have made made a huge difference if we were, if we committed more to running the ball this game. Because when you look at Mike Evans' three touchdowns, they were over the top. They were explosive plays. So we could have fucking had a 15 play, nine minute, 10 minute drive. If our corners and our secondary isn't covering the way that they should be, and they just hit Evans over the fucking top, it wouldn't matter if there's five minutes left in the quarter. He, he ah. yeah, man, 
I am ignorance enemy. So the moment I feel a groundswell of ignorance, I have to speak on it. Panthers fans, stop being ignorant, please. Keep out. I think this though. This the chat call, loved that call, by the way. Chat loved that call. You know, and I didn't. You know why? Because I'm a contrarian. I'm a contrarian <laughs> by nature. No, I. What I think is that his his position is just the opposite position of someone who says that a quarterback's like nothing. Not one thing is going to fix this team altogether, right? So, like, I mean, right. I think it's kind of a a tough discussion. If if our qualification for a winning argument is like, well, one piece fixes this team then that's just not going to happen. I don't care. It's just, uh, it's about the trajectory of your team though. Right. So I do think there's a legitimate argument about getting a quarterback who is a guy that you believe the future is with that quarterback. I think that sets you on a trajectory, a positive trajectory, but I don't think just getting a quarterback by by any means we saw today is going to fix all the problems that the Carolina Panthers have. Just like I don't think just getting a defensive end is going to. I think actually, if anything, maybe today's game or some of the is maybe is exposed that this team isn't just a quarterback away either. Yeah. In some I, ways, about about eight weeks ago, we kept going and we're a quarterback away. At the beginning of the season, we said we're a quarterback away. At least Matt Rule did. They, these guys thought they were a quarterback away, and you know what? They're not. They don't. Might they might yeah, not even have their got, quarterback though. We also got hurt. But hey, I want to read this while uh, while he's still in here. Want to give a big shout out and a big thank you, Blackness, with the twenty dollar love bomb. Hey, yeah, it's a short and simple message. Keep friggin' pounding. God of blackness, you the man, bro. I appreciate it, man. Um, I, I mean, look, there, there is no one cure for all that ails us. It doesn't exist. It really doesn't. I, I mean, we have a few different positions of need. And if you want to argue that potentially quarterback is one of them, fine, dude. We can have the discussion. But at the end of the day, there, there are a lot of things to criticize about the Carolina sure. Panthers. And the coaching staff is one of them. And to, to okay, to people that are really in the corner of Steve Wilkes, right? And by the way, I still consider myself yeah. to be one of them. I still consider myself in the corner of Steve Wilkes. I would like to see him get <clears throat> another shot. But what Steve Wilkes defenders can't outright dismiss is that for a long time on this Panthers football team, there has been the narrative that we need to update the way Panthers do things on offense. And uh, for a long time, we have wanted to pair a franchise quarterback prospect with an offensive-minded coach. Keep in mind, after we fired Ron Rivera, there were a lot of tendencies that we were wanting to get away from. We didn't want to just run the football all the time. We didn't always play this zone coverage. We wanted to go and, and get some fast press man corners and be aggressive on defense. Well, uh, Wilkes 
necessarily going to be upgrading or updating the way that we do things here on this Panthers team, especially if Steve Wilkes decides that he wants to retain Al Holcomb as our defensive coordinator next year. So there are arguments to be made on all sides of this discussion, right? And just because we're saying some of these things, it's not necessarily a slight on Steve Wilkes. I don't think anyone is like really saying that Steve Wilkes couldn't do the job if he was given the job. It's just like philosophical difference on how we want the Carolina Panthers to look going forward. And I think there's a lot of merit to all those different arguments. I agree. Uh, I think this is that if, if today you told me, even after today's game, you told me that Steve Wilkes was going to be the coach of the Carolina Panthers next year. I wouldn't be upset. You know, like I would, I mean, I would say, you know what? He's done a lot to prove that he's a competent, capable coach in this. Let's go. Like now let's talk about how, how to build this team with him and give him a reasonable shot too. And not just, I, the one thing I don't want to do is hire him and do him just like the Cardinals did where you hire them and then you go, you know what? We thought this was the right thing, but we don't have the patience to give you the time that you deserve. I don't want that. So I would be happy if you named him the coach today, uh, going forward, I would say, man, he's done enough. I believe like we can, we can win with him. Um, But if you also told me that he wasn't going to be the coach, of the Carolina Panthers, I wouldn't be surprised. In I wouldn't fact, be floored. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I wouldn't be like, I wouldn't be, I'd probably say, man, I, you know, he probably did as much as anyone could do almost. If he would have just won against Pittsburgh or won against Tampa, he would have had the job. But right now I think it's still up in the air. Yeah. And if anything, if I'm a betting man, if you had to ask me right now, like just what I'm feeling, I kind of don't think he's going to be the coach. That's how I felt. I think he had to get, I think he had to get to the playoffs and force Tepper's hand. Yeah. Today, today was his day. If he wanted the job, he had to take it today. And maybe that's unfair. And it's not even him. They just had to win. Yeah. Right. But that, and to lose with the defense and the big plays that didn't, you can't, he don't even really, you don't even really got the, Oh, um, it's in the offense stunk, but Wilkes and those guys had that defense cooking. Yeah, I mean the the other part. I mean, you got to keep in mind. Like, I, I I can see that aspect of it too. I think I I'm, I'm I'm torn on on either side of this. I think the the story of Steve Wilkes is too compelling to ignore. Yes. Um, not well just put. with the lawsuit, but with the um, with his, him being a hometown kid who's grown up to uh, you know climb his way to the ranks, and all of a sudden he's leading the team of his. Uh, where he grew up and like he's in just like a it's something that really is like uh, is something that's meant for the storybooks right especially if it can be an a a successful coach in this in this league the other part of it is is like people said there's been too many games that were important that has fallen uh, the opposite direction like the 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 loss to the Steelers right that could have put us in a position where we wouldn't be eliminated right now. We would yes, still be in the in the in the hunt uh, next week, too. right? 
um, the Ravens, the Bengals, right? And I know those are better. Those are good teams. And it's hard to be able to look at them and say, the Steelers um, are not and the and the Ravens really aren't. Right. And so I, I, I think, I think those are our unfortunate are. daggers in, in the, in, in his, in his tenure as that coach. I don't know that I am prepared to say that that's the reason he won't get hired again. The dude has clearly turned this team around and, and made them believe they are better than than anybody else in the league believed them to be. Um, he's got these guys fighting, and that's something that's hard to ignore from a leadership perspective. Um, in all reality, I mean, the head coach, you could sit here and talk about the offensive gurus. The head coach rarely has, unless you're somebody like, uh, like uh, you know, obviously uh, Sean McVay, right? They're not really calling the offensive plays. They're, they're they're there to to manage these people and 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 give them the philosophy that they want to move forward with. I think a good offensive coordinator could be the the balance here if if they believe that they can find a guy that can come in here and be the offensive guru uh, that's going to get them where they need to be. The only problem with that is that you would lose that offensive guru after the, a good season. That's, that's yeah, the issue. that's always that's the, issue. the that's always get, the case. I think uh, Wilkes has done enough uh, to to reasonably not only be considered but to if you got him if he gave him the job be fine with it but there were some opportunities where you could make that question uh not a question anymore and getting to the playoffs beating tampa bay today winning next week winning a couple of the like that would have made it so you couldn't do anything other than hire steve wilkes but now uh, we'll be watching that and i guess we should go ahead and expect in about eight days for that conversation to really heat up. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, isn't that when they start firing everybody and they're going to start moving on these coaches pretty quickly, I would believe. Right. So, yeah. So the, the pan, you're not allowed to interview coaches on another team until after the wild card. So okay. once that happens, that's when you're going to be, that's when you're going to hear about, um, about the interviews and the Panthers are going to do interviews. So once you start to see, Oh, Panthers are bringing in that, 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 that doesn't necessarily mean that it's kaput for, uh, for Steve Wilkes. Right. Because right. even, even with the Rooney rule, they have to interview two black head coaches that are outside of the organization. Or minorities. Yeah. Well, yeah. My noses, even if your coach currently is a minority. So, yeah, I, I mean, th this is it's it's going to take a while for this to play out, um, and just back, hey, we got to strap in for the long haul, oh, man. Yeah, we hey, got there'll be something to talk about. Hey, man, we got some. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about. It's gonna be fun. Um, yeah. Next call. If Tony Dunn or Cody Lashley was named GM of the Carolina Panthers given full control. Tell me what specifically would you do to get this team competitive? Who would you keep? Who would you drop? Who would you look target in the draft? I'm curious. What would you do if you were in charge? Tony Cody. Bye-bye. Go ahead, Cody. I'll let you start. Otherwise, sorry. Uh, so I'm, I'm starting in the trenches. I'm doing everything I can to get another bid-time defensive player through the draft. Um, I'm looking at what corners are available in free agency uh, and, and seeing who's out there. Um, I'm maybe seeing, I, I might see what the market is for a Shaq Thompson 
just mm-hmm. to kind of get that money off the books. And if you re-sign Littleton for cheap and you have Brandon Smith, who is, you know, a big time talent that we're still waiting to see a lot from, uh, I think that would be a good deal. And then, um, I, I mean, there's, I, definitely you signed Bradley Bozeman. Bradley Bozeman's a free agent this offseason, and I think he needs to be the biggest priority this offseason. I, I think that that has to happen. And, um, yeah, I mean, if, if it's just me, I'm trying to secure Sam Darnold for a reasonable contract sure. to bring him back. And and having those guys and, uh, you know, I know it might not make a lot of sense, but I would bring back Sam and I would have a legitimate quarterback competition between him and Matt Corral with both of them knowing that anytime one of them gets injured, it's the next man up and it's time to prove yourself. What would you do, CK? Well, first I signed Keanu. I'm just kidding. Sorry. Um, <laughs> How dare you? Well done. Um, so a couple of things. Um, obviously, I agree with the Bozeman. Uh, you put him. Uh, you put him at the top of the priority list as far as re-signing guys that are set to expire uh, this year. Um, which, by the way, he isn't on the list of top 41 free agents that NFL put out there, and I think is absolutely hysterical. But anyway. Um, yeah, I think re-signing Sam is a big deal. I think that's a big part of it, especially if you don't draft a quarterback and you believe Corral can be the guy. Um, I think another year of being able to learn the NFL, see it from the sideline, and actually be there on the sideline and see how an NFL game really goes. He hasn't had that benefit. I think he's been at home this entire time. I don't think I've ever seen him on the sideline before. Um, so I think having that piece of it is is going to be important for his development. Um but I'll tell you the two pieces I think we need to address either in free agency or in the draft. Um, I think we need to address the middle linebacker position. Um, Frankie Louvu is a great linebacker, but he's not a middle linebacker. Shaq Thompson is not the guy who's out there dictating coverages and things. I think we need to get a guy out there that is constantly being talked about. And another thing, my biggest priority as far as signing in free agency or in the draft is a damn tight end. We need to get an offensive tight end that can that can number one bail out your uh, quarterback. Um, we need to get a guy who is open, who understands coverages, who maybe has uh, the 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 body the body type to be able to go up and get those 50-50 balls. Um, but I, I just I think a t- we need to get a tight end. There's when you look in the in the uh, across the league, the best teams have a tight end that is uh, above average, um, and we need to get one of those. Uh, I think I just got... a tight end. Oh, I know. Not in the time. As long as it's not in the first round, I'm okay with it. Um, At 12, we're drafting yeah, Michael Mayer. No. Oh, gosh. I will... Well, I'll be so upset. <laughs> um, I think there's kind of two tra- trajectories I would have to consider, and that is first, would I keep Wilkes, retain Wilkes, or would I move on? And right now, I would say I'd re- retain Wilkes because I just don't know of another guy I mean, maybe you guys like maybe when I start hearing some of the names or whatever, and you can start, you know. But I'm not just all of a sudden gonna be like, oh, the Lions, Ben Johnson guy. I don't know if I'm gonna go crazy over Ken Dorsey, maybe. But like, if we're gonna stick with Wilkes, honestly, I think that or, or, or with him, 
you're going to have to sign, I'd sign Sam Darnold to a two year deal, like one year, but you spread the money out over two where you could release him right. after one. Um, then you make it worthwhile for him to come back. Then you let him and Matt Corral battle. Uh, honestly, I mean, I would say that he would have the lead, but with the mindset that like he could get injured and Corral could step in or, Maybe Corral could outplay him in camp and, you know, and then all of a sudden you just feel great about that. Then I think you're really going to have to do this is if, if Wilkes is the, and this is probably, I think if you get an outside coach, I don't think you keep Sam Darnold though. I don't know what the answer is, but I don't think they're going to have the ties to him and be like, Oh, we like him. They're not going to have any relationship to him or, anything like that. There's no familiarity with the system that he would bring. So you could just expect a complete different trajectory with a new coach. Now, I don't think that means necessarily going in the draft. The other things I would do is this, is I would have two objectives in the draft. My two objectives would be to add two significant starters, like to the defense. Mm -hmm. Right, and I don't know if that's a linebacker and a uh, and an end or an end and a safety, but I need two immediate contributors on defense that are going to be long term pieces uh, going forward. I think that would be a win in the draft. My other objective in the draft would somehow to be able to accumulate c- capital. And not say and get players. And what I mean by that is still make good draft picks, but potentially find ourselves in a situation where we're one of those teams that's like Philly, who is going to have a top 10 pick in the future. And they're a good team. You know, it's yeah. like, uh, like, and so I don't know how, that's but that would dream. be, well, I mean, it doesn't even have to be a top 10 pick, but somehow have it so you get starters and have it so that when maybe you do add the quarterback the next year in the draft or whatever, or that you have some assets to work with. So you could then have, you know, maybe you get a quarterback and a receiver all in one in a, in a draft, or you just have some sort of pick that you go, man, that's really awesome. I mean, think about like, I mean, look, I mean, there's two of them that are sticking out to me is look is, uh, Seattle is going to be picking from, I mean, that's a trade, but I mean, like, I mean, think of this is Detroit is getting the Rams pick uh, at six. Uh, Philly is getting new Orleans. Uh, Houston is getting Cleveland's. I just feel like all of a sudden, like all of a sudden, like those are some teams that have some pieces. Like you're not a, the cupboard's not bare already. And you get a high end pick. I yeah. like that. So I know maybe that's in the second. Maybe Cleveland's, I don't know. Cleveland's got New Orleans, right? Uh, no, or the Eagles Philly's got New got Orleans. New Orleans. Oh, Philly, yeah. Philly, Philly. Yeah. And uh, by the way, Roosevelt Mongo donated five dollars just to say, "CK, we're always interested in your opinion, even if the caller didn't." I, I think it was uh, he might have seen that I went my camera offline, and that's why yeah. I think he might have uh, said. Thanks guys. for the calls, all of them. Uh, we appreciate. It. Let's keep going through these yo damien how are you talking you know i'm just crunching out some extra work man trying my mind off things but then i'm listening here to talking about the secondary i mean we got it the safety debate 
we got to move Chin down to linebacker. I mean, I, it makes the most perfect sense. He's, he'd be perfect for outside linebacker. Shaq Thompson, Frankie Lubo, that would solidify the linebacking crew. Dante Jackson, he would be the perfect free safety. Perfect free safety. Him and Xavier Woods back there. Yeah. Horn, we'll draft another corner. <laughs> well, we will talk about top 10 pick now. Let's get another corner, another lockdown corner. Let's do it. Let's do it. I mean, I'm still rocking with Darnold. I don't care what anyone fucking says. Rocking with Darnold. No need to trade away assets. He looks great. I mean, if he plays magic and he sucks, I mean, I'll eat my own words. But still, keep pounding. Let's go. Keep pounding. It, it's not even an insult to say that he would be better at linebacker. Uh, people forget that Thomas Davis was drafted as a safety and then moved to linebacker and became an all-time great Panther linebacker. So, you know, if my man is not good in coverage, if he's better playing, then, yeah, I think that that it it could definitely benefit him. Especially when you're weak at that position already. Uh, But we got Luvu. Right. Yeah, I I mean, dude, so that's what I'm saying. We do have some options, but – you know, and we even reported, you know, when I had some inside information earlier this year that uh, Jeremy Chin was not happy with the way that he had been used in, in Phil Snow's defense. So I don't even know necessarily where Jeremy Chin sees himself. I don't you know. know like, I know we he had a dynamic first and second year. But I just don't know where he is as far as the level of talent that he has, right? Like, I, we've seen him out there. Like, he's missed some tackles, but he's also all over the place. Um, you know, he'll he'll have some really good plays, but he's followed up by a couple of bad plays, and that could be the way that he's used. But I just don't know. Like, I was a big fan of, of, of Chen after his first year, but he's kind of fallen off of, the, off of the tracks. And I know that he's been moved to safety, and that could be a contributing factor. But, I mean, a good football player is a good football player. Right, I'm not saying he. He's he had can't. some injury this year. That's you know that's contributed to it some. Right, but there's a lot of que- there's more questions that have come up about Chin than there have been right. answers. This I year. want him. I want him to be good. Like I like Chin as a player. I just yep. we haven't seen him elevate to that level of like play that you want from a superstar. Um, and uh, and and if he can be, and the problem is you got to keep in mind this is his third year. Next year is his last year on his contract. Uh, so you have to make a decision on him after next year as well. Uh, so you've really got to play him the right way, or you need to make the decision on whether you're trying to get, you know, ship him out for some picks. I think before this season, I would not have been, I don't think it would have been absurd to say he's one of the best players on our defense before yeah. this season. I mean, I think there could have been an argument to say he was the best player on the defense. And I know people would point to, they would want it to be horn, but you could say he didn't play any games yet. So we don't know going before this season started. Right. And you could say Brian Burns maybe, but other than that, like, I mean, I really think that he was on a campaign to be a superstar and this year, right. uh, for whatever reason, whether it's position, whether it's injury, whether it's combination, maybe it's just being part of a bad defense too. Um, but it's just yet, yeah, man. You, you you're not ready to say that now. 
you know, I'm, I mean, I would now it is absurd to say he's the best player on the defense. Um, yeah, right. not after these past few games. Yeah. Uh, next call. Hey guys, that was uh, brutal. I'm not gonna sugarcoat this one. I think uh, everyone already hit the highlights on exactly why everything kind of happened the way it did. Uh, it's really kind of shitty to see this season just come down to that. I mean, at the bare minimum, it would have been nice. We would have had to fight for the next game next week had we won today. At the bare minimum, it would have been nice to see that happen. I don't know. I have. I don't. I don't even know what to say. Um, my my prediction models were right about the we lost the turnover battle that we lose, but that doesn't make me any happier. I mean, that just makes me in a real. I'm in a real. I'm in a real bad mood. It is what it is. I guess next season. Um, I will say this though: we're gonna beat the absolute shit out of the Saints next week. Hey. Um, more than likely, I would. I would. I'd bet some money on that one. But it doesn't mean anything because we lost today. Anyway, it was a good season. It was a good run. You guys are awesome. Keep up what you're doing. Um, like, subscribe. You know the deal. And uh, keep pounding. We'll get a shot at it next year. I hope you still retain Wilkes. I really do. And, yeah, keep pounding. Love. Keep pounding. Peace. Thank you. Bye. Hey, by the, by the way, that's uh, stats. That are st- yeah, he's the guy that gifted the uh 10 subs in the nice, chat nice i want to uh thanks for the call um i want to highlight this uh, this is i think an important comment for us to be kind of focusing our discussion on maybe not today obviously but like going forward he says dimitri says i just feel like the pieces we regard as our core need a deeper second look i just think doing one of these half-ass rebuilds where guys don't fit into a defense offense We'll have a bad impact. I think it's a really cool comment or an interesting one that could, you know, lead you on a lot of thought experiments and discussions down the road. Because who are the real core guys on the team is a real question. Uh, and for a team that's identity has always been so immersed in its defense, I don't really think those core guys are on defense. I mean, if anything, I would say my core guys are. DJ Moore, Akim Aquano, yeah, yeah, and Brady Christensen, Bradley Brosman, and Austin Corbett. Yeah, and uh, by the way, the four man rush, one of the Kevin Aver guy hates bro, Brady Christensen, like just it's hates so him. Annoying, dude. And I think he's been very good. He We're has like running been the ball good. on the left all the time. He has been, and they're yeah. clutching to PFF, which PFF apparently shits on Brady Christensen. I, I don't yeah, know. I, wanna, I, I don't know trust if he's been eyes. fantastic. Like, I mean, I don't know if he's been like, oh, the, like the best guard in the league, but I don't be go. I don't go, oh man, Brady Christensen liability each and every week. I'm not sitting there going that. No, no. I mean, they're, this offensive line is pretty solid. Um, I think that uh, there could be a need to upgrade certain pieces, but um, as a whole, they've been, uh, they've been more than serviceable. I'm not prepared to to do anything with regard to the offensive line at this point. I just want to keep what we have in place at this point. Um, all right, let's go to the next call. Don't leave, Michael. Hey, guys. That was uh, brutal. I'm not going to sugarcoat this one. I think uh, everyone already hit high. Uh, here goes to my son, bastard son. Hey, this is White John Rich, so what's happening, man? This was... 
extremely disappointing. Like, dude, how did we lose this game? How does Mike Evans go off and look like fucking Randy Moss when he's a possession receiver? Like, why are y'all having one-on-one against him when he's clearly getting burned the whole entire game? You know, Sam Darnold, he's my QB1 next year. I think he's improved every game he's been in. I'm passing on him. But C.J. Stroud falls. I'll use C.J. Stroud fall. Uh, wait, here, he's in the, uh... Hey, sorry, I got cut off. Um, you know, I was in, I'm in the hospital, but it was hard for the get service, but, uh, yeah, I'm going with, I'm going with Donald. Like, seriously, like, he shows so much improvement. If CJ Stroud or, or Young falls, I'm using that as trade bait to get more picks. I'm, I love Cam Smith. He's 6'4", 216 cornerback coming out of South Carolina, him and Horn would be nasty or give me an edge, you know, but God, such a heartbreaker. And plus I hate fucking Tom Brady. Peace. Uh, those corners for TCU are real good too. They got some good players on their and their defense and TCU the corners. They also yeah. gave up like what? How many points to Michigan? Yeah, but how many points did Georgia was, give uh, up to Ohio? I am. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, I mean, but like Cincinnati, Sauce Gardner played in Cincinnati, and they gave up a bazillion points to teams. You know, like I mean, uh, TCU also beat Michigan, straight up dumped them. Really, you know, they had a couple of pick sixes in that game. I don't know if it was the core, but they have like two guys that are are really like and i don't know if they're gonna be top eight ten or anything like that but there might be some talent there like we nobody's gonna be upset if we pick a corner in the second round Mm-mm. no 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 not at all um i think that god it's gonna suck picking a corner in the first round and yeah. not that it's gonna I suck think. like i mean i wouldn't even be that mad i mean but it was just like gosh we just did this yeah, yeah but if you could solidify those two corners positions just think about like if like you get finally if you, get a group that's just like good, just yeah, that's just legendary. That that you just you're moving for, like you know that you're going to be good with the corner position moving forward. But the other part is, I don't know if I'd want to draft one at six, right? I think I would much rather trade back and try to accumulate picks and do yeah. it later in the first if we can, um, if if we're going to do that. But like, I do think there's just so many needs, and I think our I, as funny as it is, you guys got to remember. We went all defense in one of those drafts, right? And, and our right defense now, our, still isn't good. Our defense is our biggest liability as far as the holes that we're missing. Like, I know we can talk about QB and the tight end and stuff like that, but our, our biggest our biggest um our biggest uh holdup is going to be the cornerback or the 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 the, the defensive uh, position with cornerback, linebacker, defensive line. Like you would think we'd be set for life, but right now it does not look as, as such. Um, Derek Brown, YGM, Jeremy Chin, Troy Pride Jr., Kenny Robinson, Bravion Roy, Stanley Oliver Thomas. Um, 
Derek Brown and Jeremy Chin, two players in that draft. Is that it? I mean, I think that you could say that YGM, the jury's still out on him, but I mean, I don't think you're really going to go into next year thinking that he's uh, the guy. I think you're right. like he's got a he's got a lot of proof still. Think about that. They can pick eight defensive players, and one, two. Is Bravey on Roy on the team still? Yeah. Two, three. Three of those eight aren't on the team, which is not really surprising. Is it eight? But uh, only two are contributors. Um, So that draft, which was, was, I mean, and I wasn't really even upset with it that year. It was kind of, but I just, you just wish it would have turned out better. Um, Or some of those players would contribute. Last couple of calls. Hey, Panther Nation. It's JJ. Um, hey, C3. I hope you all had a great holiday season, first of all. What's up, JJ? Um, between Christmas and, you know, New Year's. Hope everyone's going to start off 2023. Bosses, even though, even though the Panthers let us down today. I mean, like, I don't know. It's all right. It's, it's whatever. Um, you know, I just always want to look forward. I mean, like, there was always two sides of this game. Unfortunately, it didn't go our way, but we still got to look forward to something. So I hope you guys keep your chins up and everything. But me, on the other hand, I mean, like, DJ bought out again. He's my favorite player. I wear his jersey every week. Man's a fucking stud. Um, Ohio State fan here. Unfortunately, we lost in dramatic fashion like that, but I want to see that shot. I don't give a fuck. All right, let's go see it. Uh, see through Panther, Panther Nation. Keep pounding. DJ Stroud did a lot to make himself relevant again. Um, yeah, he did. All right. Uh, cool. I, I do. I just want to say, uh, Sam Donald's performance. It just it had me in awe. It was it was so horrible. I I don't understand. Why why did they give him the starting position? All right. Uh I think that interesting uh, thing. Yeah, interesting. I think this is that if Sam Darnold is re-signed as the Carolina Panthers quarterback next year and has a good season, could he be comeback player of the year? Uh I mean, or does is he been too good at the end of this season to preclude him from comeback player of the year? Yeah, um, predicted a long time about him potentially being a comeback player of the year. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I think I, I'm just impressed that out of all the people that have saved their their careers, right? Out of everybody, out of, out of the whole list of people, uh, from Wilkes to. I guess who would go like, I mean, you could go May- Mayfield, like all the people that could have saved their careers. I've, I feel like Sam Darnold on the betting odds at the beginning of this season would have had the longer odds than a lot of these guys, right. you know, 40 to one, 60 to one, whatever it would be. Uh, I just think it's impressive. He's overcome. And I was a little worried today when he started to, I was like, he went from dealing dimes in the first half to Sam Darnold in the second half. Uh, and I think I'm being a little hard on him, but I just always think that his biggest obstacle is going to be his him himself appear. Right. 
in his head. It's like it was like, and I think he's kind of getting over some of that too. Um, didn't have a bad day today though. The clock, the play clock was driving me crazy. Could have called three delay games on us. Next call. This is Dog. I'm a little disappointed because we didn't stick to our game plan, which is keep pounding and running the ball today. You know, I don't know why we got into a shootout. You know, Sam Darter looked good at times, but let's just be honest, he's a game manager, even though he was throwing some darts at times. I just felt like we were throwing the ball around too much. I was just running the ball, controlling the clock, especially when we went up 14-0. You know, but... uh. Oh, no, man. If I can do it some of himself, what? But we just ain't stick to our, our game plan, which is keep pounding. You know, it was frustrating, man. And then I don't know why the fuck did we not double team like FNC with the only person that could really, you know, kill us on a deep ball. And you give him single coverage all day with no goddamn JC Horn. You know, at least put Josh Norman out there. Shit. You know, right, that's what I'm saying. Double team motherfucker something, man. Like, you know, that shit was just frustrating to me, you know. That's basically how we lost the game. That and not controlling the clock and everything. But uh I'm just kinda of disappointed, you know. But we'll see uh, what's going to happen in the offseason and everything. We still can win next week and see what happens, you know. But today we just ain't stick to our guns, man. We should have just pound the fucking ball, you know. We should have run the ball like 30 times today, 30, 40 times like we did in the past. So with that being said, whenever you come in here, make sure you hit the like button. Make sure you subscribe. The boys always uh, putting out great content every Tuesday, every Friday, and uh, Sunday. But uh, everybody, I hope everybody have a happy new year. I hope everybody have a great day today. Keep pounding. See Dog 1983 out. Shout out to uh, G. David. And shout out to uh, the whole C3 podcast. Thank you. Good good call, C. Dog, man. We appreciate it. Uh, Let's go with the next call. I just wanted to say uh, the game today is pretty, you know, it was a close call game, you know. We could we could have did better as a whole as Panthers, you know. But but it, our, our QB just – our QB, he failed. He let us down a little bit today, but we'll manage. We'll manage. Talk to you soon. Mm. Uh, you know, as everybody could have played better today, uh, I'm sure everybody could. There was a couple of plays that Sam Darnold left out there to delay a game. <clears throat> You want him to feel some of the pressure. Well, I don't even know if he had a chance on that strip sack. Uh, you want him to lead that ball out a little bit more. You know, he might have had two more touchdowns if you think about it, if he connects on some of these other throws. Or I don't know. I'd have to go back and look and see if we actually scored on those. The Sullivan one, if he just, you know, no, ever, like he made some really good plays too. Right. Darnold has really played the best I've seen him play. That's what I'm uh, saying. Like, yeah. the, the, the last two, well, since this stretch right here has been, maybe he just didn't play that much last year, so I don't really know. But sure. he's not been bad. He's been a lot better than Baker Mayfield was. I mean, maybe I'm just on Twitter too much, which I know for a fact is true. But dude, it just seems like so much of the people that are wanting to draft a quarterback 
it's just because it's been so long since Cam, a healthy Cam has been here. We have not been in the quarterback conversation. We're always bottom of the league in quarterback play. And the fact that we have had opportunities to get a guy right. in the in the most recent drafts, and we just didn't do it. So it, it looks on its surface like we're just kicking that can down the road mm-hmm. and just like, you know, poo-pooing it, putting it off uh, until another date and time. And I think that's part of where the, you know, the want and the urge to kind of shit on Sam Darnold. And he wasn't good last year. Like, there's no lying about that. He definitely wasn't good. But if you're going to sit there and tell me that the Sam Darnold that you saw this year wasn't markedly different from what we saw last year, throwing a bunch of crazy, dumb interceptions, today was the first time all year through an interception. And even then, it was the right read. He just needed to put that ball a little further out so that way Sullivan can get his hands on it uh, instead of the DB. And it basically was like a great punt, by the way. Yeah, and that's what I'm man, saying. It was, like, it it was disappointing. He could he missed a couple of throws, but boy, he's been pushing the ball downfield. And I think you finally have seen Sam Darnold where he's not just running for his life. And Sam Darnold, well, when he was bad, it's always been a cascading of being bad. It's like one thing leads to the next thing, right. to the next thing, to the next thing. And that's kind of where I was a little worried today. Like, is like we went from dealing dimes to like, oh shit, now there's a penalty. Now there's a fumble. Now that and then it just keeps and I think he's even shown more mental resilience uh today that he didn't completely crumble. Mm-hmm. Um so look again is his stock is uh definitely improved. And I think the people that just look a lot of people just have declared that he was terrible before the season. That's fine. I mean, maybe they're right, but they it doesn't matter what he's gonna do, they're gonna still say he sucks. Right. Yeah. Uh exactly. last two calls. What's up, Panther family, C3 podcast family? This is D, Sanford, North Carolina, man. What's up, my man? Yeah, I know this one stings. I know it's rough. I I know that we was exposed in a lot of areas. But let's really be real and realistic, yo. Nobody gave us a chance. Nobody gave us a chance to get this far. Nobody thought that Steve Wilkes could even get us to where we was at. We showed progress. This could be the game or the season that propels us to another level of success. I'm all for, don't know how the draft order's going to go, but getting a Jerry Porter Jr. out there on that uh, defense with J.C. Horn would be beautiful. Yeah, we can talk quarterback and all that, but just right now I just really want to say that I'm proud of our team. I'm so truly proud of our team, and I'm still rooting for next week for us to win. I love you guys. I love my Panthers. Keep pounding. Appreciate you, D. Great call, man. Good call. Love All that right. love. Here is no, final call. I think it's G-Baby coming. This is G. I just wanted to give my final assessment on if I were the GM on what I would do this offseason. What we need to do this offseason is go get our fucking franchise QB is number one priority, in my opinion. 
And number two, Dante Jackson needs to move to fucking free safety. Cody can fucking vouch for me. I've been saying this shit for two years. Dante needs to be a free safety, and then Jeremy Chen needs to be fucking the outside linebacker. That's what we need to do. And as far as the head coach, I'd bring the team looks fast, but it's not going to be as a head coach. It's going to be as our defense, a head coordinator. As far as a head coach, I would like to go get Jim Hogmar. He just lost in the playoffs, and I know he's interested to get back to the league. That's, in my opinion, that's who I would go get. Um, <clears throat> another thing we need to do this offseason is we need to go get another edge rusher. We got plenty of fucking picks in the top 100. I don't believe we need to be using any of those in the top 10. I would like to go get an edge rusher. I feel like we, you guys keep on saying D tackle, D tackle. Didn't we once go get Morgan Fox? Didn't bring him back. Didn't work out. We went and got Leonidas. Obviously, didn't work out. Are we gonna bring him back? You guys keep saying D tackle, D tackle. We've had D tackles. They just haven't panned out. Um, uh, Receiver wise, um, I would like to. Um, we got Terrence Marshall coming back. He's I. He hasn't done shit the past few weeks. I gave you all this uh, credit, and then you come out here in the past few weeks, you played eight. What the fuck is that about, Terrence Marshall? So if we're going to go for a receiver, I would like it to be in, like, round three or four. I don't see any receivers, generational-type receivers in this draft. Um, but I am going to have my fucking draft board. Um, I damn near have it set. I have my first 25 picks done. Um, I'm going to bring this shit to, to the table starting next week because it is draft time. Boys. Our season is over. It's, it's done. And um, let's see what else what, what else uh, what I like to talk about. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's over. Um, this is G-Baby, and I'm out. All right, G-Baby, given his assessment. I think that – while it is draft time, I'm more interested in like, not that I'm not interested in. You guys can do the draft. I hate the draft. Um, I just hate because so much work you're gonna put on all that work and your boards and this and that, and like one percent of it will be right. Um, I'm just kind of interested in the direction with the coaching. Like, I mean, are, are we gonna let go of fitter? I, I don't know. I mean, I don't think it would be. I don't think we are. I don't think Scott Fitterer is going to get fired, but I wouldn't go if I woke up to the news next in eight days that the Panthers have decided to just go get a new GM, uh, experienced GM, or do something, and they're going to get the cut. Like I wouldn't go. Oh man, I couldn't didn't see this coming at all. I think if you look at and and they uh they had there was a tweet earlier in the game that said all this happened in the same day. Um, Scott signed DJ Moore to an extension. Signed Matt Ioannidis, Austin Corbett, Bradley Bozeman on the same day. Um, and in all honesty, that was a great day of business is what they said. I don't think Scott has done anything to lose this job. I think um, the problem is, is I've said multiple times that he needs to be on the hot seat. Um, but I think there's always going to be this umbrella that we don't know about of how much was rule and how yeah, much was. Yeah. It's always going to be there for these first two years of his tenure here in the Panthers. So we don't know what fit has done and what rule has done and who we need to blame. Who do we blame for Henderson? Who do we uh, appreciate for the Chenault trade, right? Because Chenault's been a pretty good uh, acquisition. Um, He hasn't been like a game breaker, like every single play, but the dude has showed up in big time moments. Um, Who do we blame for getting rid of Dan Arnold in that Henderson trade? 
like Dan Arnold right now, I feel like in our offense would have thrived. The Darnold to Arnold connection would have been real. Where is Dan Arnold? I wonder. He went down to the to the Jags. I don't know is what he's he doing. Still now. there? Well, they got Evan Ingram. They got so many players. They loaded up a different direction with Doug Peterson this year. I think he is. I'm not entirely sure. But you're right, CK, is that that's why I think that in some ways, like I think that he's not going to be fired, but I wouldn't also uh, be surprised if, if, um, whatever his name, Tepper goes, you know, let's like, I just did it wrong. I don't think, I I don't, here's the thing. I do not think you bring in a new GM and a new head coach at the same time. I think that's so, that's how you do it. You can't. You can't you can't go into a into a season after Scott Fitterer has had all year to actually scout these players, right? You're going to bring in a new GM before the draft and a new head coach to try to communicate their philosophies together. I think you have to get Scott Fitterer involved with the hiring process of a new coach if it is in fact not going to be Steve Wilkes, right? Well, you I think if you were going to bring in a GM, you bring in the GM and then you go and do exactly what you're saying. Maybe it's too late to do that, CK. I think this is I think David Tepper's gonna have to get out of the way in this coaching hire. I agree. Uh I agree. and maybe think, not even Devin... in the coaching hire entirely. Like they can do that together, but then get that it really needs to be fitter. Like I could see, yeah, get out of the way. I think Tepper has just gotta say okay to it, but I think fitter needs to be the guy who makes the pick. Do you get the I, I kind of get the uh, the feeling that Tepper is easily, I'm not going to say manipulated, but easily swayed based on how he talks. To, like, So he went to talk to Rule, and Rule basically convinced him on the spot that he was the guy, right? And and, and Tepper, without having any real, uh, any, any like tangible evidence that he was going to be a successful head coach in the NFL, just literally offered him so much money to get him over there. Like, Tepper, I feel like, He's he's almost he. I I imagine him being like we were a lot, a lot. Maybe the players would be to a really good head coach, right? Like players become almost uh, infatuated with these head coaches and the way they speak to the players and things like that. I think that David Tepper could also get caught up in that and the way that Tepper was talking. Um, Tepper had way more of a he was able to speak very well, but his actions on the field were horrendous, and I think that speaking very well could get Tepper in, in trouble. So that I agree. I think he needs to be removed from the process, or at least he needs to have a minimal say in who it is. Or he needs, like, here's the thing. He's always going to have a big say in who it is. He needs to really lay on what, what Fitterer believes. Um, he's got to lay on what uh, maybe even uh, Dan Morgan believes is a good head coach. He needs to really take he what He needs to let them say. make the choice and him okay it. Right, he needs like, to if take that's what, what they he say needs for his seriously. ego to okay it. But here's the pro- I think David Tepper is kind of an example of what mm-hmm. Elon Musk is right now. Right, and that is just because you're really successful at a couple of things doesn't mean you're always going to be successful at anything, at everything. And what I'm saying by that is I almost feel like. David Tepper goes, well, you know what? I'm the smartest dude. I know how to make a billion dollars. I know how to pick a quarter, a coach. Um, Bro. And maybe I, just because he made a billion dollars doesn't mean he can pick a coach. And just like Elon Musk can be a genius and brilliant and some things means that maybe he's not making good decisions with Twitter. 
can I tell you how genius this statement is from White Chocolate Espresso? What's that? He, he says, Tepper is Edward Norton's character in Glass Onion movie. If you haven't seen the Glass Onion movie, I'm not going to spoil it, but this is an incredible comparison between the two of these guys. Well, some like, people said that I haven't seen it, but isn't that, weren't they making that play kind of on like an Elon Musk parody character, like a tech giant billionaire? And that's what I'm kind of saying is that Tepper falls into that category of like almost buying into their own ego. Yeah, I'm not sure that that would be a, in my opinion, I don't think that that is a, uh, is a very great comparison because um, Edward Norton's character is clearly dumb as rocks in that game, in that, in that movie. Uh, Elon Musk is not dumb. He uh, he's is not far dumb, from it. But he always, I mean, but is, you can, when you have so many wins, you can almost become eccentric though. Sure. Maybe he's become eccentric to a degree. He's well, he also became, the first dude to ever lose $200 billion. What do you mean lose $200 billion? Like, his was worth less, $200 billion less now than he was last year. How well, is that because I, I of the purchase of Twitter? I saw, no, not because of that. Like Tesla's stock has gone crazy. Oh, yeah, down. yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. like, his, like his net worth is. But he's has still gone like down, the like richest a, fucking guy oh, in the world. Yeah, yeah, I know. But it's also like this. Well, all I'm saying is like, uh, there's like the, I think U.S. Steel, when they formed that, was the first billion dollar company. And this right. was like in 1903. Like, uh, Apple was the first company to be worth a trillion dollars ever like actually you know is like and then i know they've been eclipsed i'm just saying it's just one of those quirky stats that people are going to put out is nobody's ever seen this loss of money right. kind of like the bankman freed dude lost like the most money in a single day <laughs> than any person in the world like in world history like he like lost like a hundred and forty billion dollars in a day. Yeah, but that guy like, deserved it. I know, I know. It's just like one of those shit. cool stats you throw out. I mean, yeah, they're yeah, yeah. they're kind of just trivial. They're not or arbitrary in a way hey, because I he's know still where... the richest dude or second richest oh, yeah. guy in the world, which yeah. is crazy. But I mean, that's a hell of a mistake. Yeah. Well, no doubt. How <laughs> would you lose? What twenty billion in a day or some shit like that? Uh, that's pretty. All right, I'm gonna check crazy. out this um, glass onion movie. What's the one? Don't we have to watch one before it though? Isn't uh, this like Knives a, Out? Yeah, Knives, yeah, Knives out. out. That was a really that good was one. On, that was on Amazon. So why is it on Netflix now? I don't know. Hey, Should you watch we... Knives Out first? For someone who's about to go watch these movies, like arguably it's the same night. characters. Yeah, so I'm assuming. Man. I don't okay. think that you have to watch that movie in order to know what's happening in okay. uh, last Sunday. This is why we need Greg. Yeah, White Chocolate, Chocolate says no. Okay. Um, but hey, before we go on to... uh, we're the, Yeah, we're done now. The calls are done. We're just going to wrap up soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before we... Uh, so I wanted to ask you guys, now that the Panthers are officially no more for the 2022 season, um... Is there a team that you're now kind of pulling for to go all the way mm. now that the lay of the land kind of is what it is? Obviously, we don't care about any of these teams as much as the Panthers. But uh, I mean, you know, is there a team that you want to that you want to see do it? I'd be all right with the Bills. I think that what the I, I have I have two teams. I have 
The Bills and the and the Vikings. Oh well, who not got, after the got, Vikings got, got shellacked today. That's hey, listen. Here's Kirk the thing: Cousins, Kirk That's Cousins, same. shit the bed today. He didn't have a great game, but honestly, it was a all around. Like they had uh, like a re- kick return for a touchdown. It was like the Green Bay Packers just like at the end of they were up twenty four to three, and the the Green Bay offense had thirty three yards of rushing and negative fifteen of passing. Their offense wasn't the reason they they started out the game the way they did. But it was uh, it was not a great uh, outing. But I think that uh, the the part of it that is with the Vikings is I think they're just way too good. And I think something like that is is going to bring them down to earth. And I'm hoping that that would uh, you know uh, propel them into the next level. They they did the at the beginning of the year they did the same thing to the Packers. Yeah, I think I'm rooting for the two teams that are playing tomorrow night. Bills and the Bengals. Yeah. I mean, like, I'd be happy to see either one of them win. I think that would be cool. Um, I'd also, did you know the Giants got secured a playoff berth? That's crazy. Yeah. So they've already locked up a wild card? Yeah, the Cowboys and the Giants have locked up a wild card. Right Can now, Green, Green Bay, Bay is fighting. get yeah, a wild card? Green Bay is fighting for the final gr- you wild know what? card. If I wouldn't they win, even they get be it. that upset if somehow they pulled it out and just made everybody just I fucking would. ridiculous. I, would. I hate, like, listen, I'm uh, Aaron Rodgers is, when he's talking on a podcast like Pat McAfee, he has all the right things to say, and he makes you think, oh, man, this guy is a good guy and all that. But then you see him on the field overthrowing people, and he's just doing the same thing Tom Brady is. It's like, why did you know, just talking to his receivers like they're just garbage Wouldn't and trash. would be a Left for Dead story, though? A Phoenix Rises if somehow they make a oh, run? Those, they've been, they, they were dead. They were like one in seven. No, dude. I don't care they're about that. Uh, they're eight and eight now. I mean, they um, were terrible. They they were, but I mean, I think at the end of the day, I, I would rather not see Rodgers and Brady uh, make a run at all anymore. Okay, like I'm I'm tired of the the old yeah. hats having uh, the 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 final. Like basically, it just feels at this point in time like they're just trying. Right, who to do give you away want to, to see the, come out of the NFC then? The Vikings. Vikings. Yeah. Cody. Out of the NFC. Yeah, like out of um, because for me it's a I'm flipping between the Eagles who I just like some of the players on their team. That's the only reason I don't like the Eagles at all. Uh, and that's kind of Green Bay narrative is kind of wild. I um, think. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I kind of think that the Eagles are going to pull it off. I really don't trust any of these other teams, to be honest with you. But who um, are you rooting for? Like, who would you want? I mean, not who you think. Who do I want in the NFC? Yeah, I'm like not, if you man, could just but, make your Super Bowl. I tell you what. I tell you what. San Fran, just for no. Christian McCaffrey. You okay. can't do San Fran. Had you asked me, I'm if, just saying, like if that's you're a like Panthers that's fan, what I was. You cannot, want. you cannot be rooting for San Fran right now, because if you're rooting for San Why? Fran, Christian McCaffrey is there. No, that means that if they go all the way, that draft capital is oh, worse. Our draft picks. You do yeah. not want them to win. You want oh, those yeah, draft yeah, yeah. picks that's to be higher. No, you're right. You're right. I um, I think I'm going to say this. My ideal Super Bowl just to watch is going to be Bills Eagles. That's the Super Bowl I hope happens. Or Bengals Eagles. That would so, be the second. Part. Okay. Uh this is a uh, I know it's kind of unfair but there are kind of three teams that I wouldn't be mad. I know. We if, know the Chargers. Well. Come on. Okay, well but uh, Okay. Because 
and I, I really do think about this a lot. Think about what the Buffalo Bills went through in the early 90s, going to four Super Bowls in a row and losing all four of them. And the fact that they've been so shit ever since, and now they have this god-tier quarterback in Josh Allen, like that's a really cool one. And um, the other one that should be even more obvious than the, the Chargers is the Jaguars, baby. Oh, Let's I go know. Trevor yeah. Lawrence, son. Dude, I mean, the fact that it's his second year and he's probably going to go into the playoffs and the last, what, eight weeks of the NFL season, he's statistically been the best quarterback in the well, NFL. He didn't get no fucking yards today. Hey, whatever. They they, they won, though, so it's like... I know they won, so, but, man, so he dude, didn't win I'm, my prize pick, though. I'm... Uh, I'm pulling for my guy Trevor, man. Trevor and Travis Etienne on that on that team, you know. Yeah. So, uh, Ben, I, that's the pick I should have gone with in prize picks. All right, take us into the next. You pick it, Talis Shame or Dab on him. I don't care. Ooh, pick it, pick it, pick it. Let me pick. Um, don't forget, guys. How we're about not being Tuesday nights? I know we're salty, and normally whenever we lose. I go positive first, negative second. But we're gonna we're gonna switch it up first. I gotta go first on this, and that is because I can't. I have one person in my sights, and it's C.J. Henderson. Talishane, dude, is like, I don't even think, you know, gosh, just not only have you played bad, it just was such a bad look. And maybe that's how it is for corners. When you get burnt, you're just burnt and toast and everybody sees it. It's very embarrassing. But he made a mental error on that play that he got smoked. And then he didn't look like he, he looked like he gave up uh after it running uh trying to chase him like it just looked like it was like oh he like he was just mental dumb and then he kept getting smoked for the rest of the game so cj henderson gets my talent machine all right ck um my talent shame is going to go oh man um it's so easy to just go to the other corner and say Keith Taylor, but um, I've I've got to say Talis Shame has to go to um, oh God, this is Brian so Burns. Fun. I Ooh. was gonna say Brian yeah. Burns, but like, I'm just gonna say Carolina yeah, that's gonna, I gotta say Brian Burns. I, he's going. Brian Burns has got to get the Talis Shame because, and I love Burns, and I still maintain my position that he deserves a contract and he should be here. Um, however. Again, as I mentioned earlier in the show, for those who maybe got here late, Burns was going up against one, some of the worst tackles in the league. Um, uh, fourth string or third string tackle, that is. And he barely got pressures. He barely, like Tom Brady was back there comfortable all game. And part of the reason that they were able to light up our secondary is because our defensive line couldn't get home. So Brian Burns deserves the tal of shame from CK. Cody? I'm icing up. So mine is like a, a combination of them. It's uh, it's Keith Taylor Jr. 
because he deserves it. He has been absolutely dog shit this year. Uh, but also, on top of that, whoever's decision it was, which, I mean, I know Al, Al Holcomb's the D.C., but Steve Wilkes being the head coach, I think he has to get on, on it too, to not play Josh Norman in the place of Keith Taylor more than you did because it was embarrassing and you needed someone of Josh Norman's veteran presence to help this team. Um, I think that's unacceptable, man. This defensive backfield let us down uh, to, to a point where our season is over now. And it's on a large part because of them. So I got a big ass towel. So towel of shame. A blanket. Yeah, All blanket right. of shame. Augment. As we try and end on somewhat of a positive note. I just like doing it, man. Dab on them folks. Dab on them folks. And that, and that. Dab on them folks. They like seeing them. Tell me what to do. Dab on them folks. All right, let's go reverse Dab order. Why don't you start us off, Cody? Yeah, man, I'm dabbing on DJ Moore. Smart. I'm dabbing on DJ Moore. Career too, game. He's such, a, he's such a damn good player. And you know what? I, I think he's probably going to come close to that 1,000-yard mark again. I know it's still an uphill climb for him, but man, dude, I just, I, I just, you know, I, DJ Moore, part of the reason why I'm picking him is because I feel like this guy might never get enough credit for how good he is. Like, truly never, right? What he does year in and year out, go through of names that DJ Moore has had throwing him the football, and the fact that he continuously plays wide receiver, it's nothing short of a football miracle to me, man. So I know. I mean, look, DJ we Moore, said the same crap about uh, Steve Smith in those years with no quarterback. It was yeah. just like, yeah. if, if he would have been with the Colts, that's what I always right. said. If he was with Peyton Manning, he would have been a first ballot Hall of Famer. Easy. Mm. Uh, so, man, DJ. Dab on him. Did you really play him well, though, man? Like, out of a no, not out of nowhere, but uh, him and Darnold, they feel it. Darnold knows what. Yeah. All right. Uh, CK, what you got? I, I listen, I got to go with my, my boy Sam Darnold because I know like, uh, Tony isn't going to be going for Sam. Uh, no, I mean, I, I'm sorry. I just wanted him to, he just wasn't dealing dimes for four quarters. He was dealing dimes One for the majority of those four Sam. quarters. Sam okay. Darnold came out here and he, not only is Sam Darnold, getting the ball to DJ, getting him close to that thousand yard receiving, uh, you know, uh, season that he uh, deserves to have four years in a row. Um, he's not only doing those things, he's making Shai Smith look like he's a good right, wide receiver. He's mm -hmm. making Tommy Trimble get touchdowns. Um, like, and, and Giovanni Ricci is catching 30 yard bombs from him. Down like, the scheme, he might be my dab on him. Dab, like at this point in time, I just got to say, you know, to, to Sam Darnold, who is in the, by the way, talk about pressure. The dude's in the midst of career altering games. All right. These are games. If he is not performing well, he loses his, uh, he loses his ability to be able to, to, to say that I'm a starting quarterback in the league. He has made a name for himself over the past four or five games, and he has continued to do it. And today was no different. Dab on him, Sam Darnold. 
Um, camera turned off, by the way. It so. did, right? As your uh, boy comes in, AU Link from Down Under, who uh, has given us an Aussie $10 that says, Happy New Year, lads from Down Under, P.S. Codizzle the Goat. Thank you for all your support. Wild, uh, great turnout today for the post game. Such generosity uh, across the board. Love having you guys along for this ride. Sad, uh, we got one more post game to do this year, uh, but we'll still be rocking on Tuesdays and Saturdays, I mean, Fridays and some other content with the draft and breaking coverage of these coaches. My dab on them pick. Yeah, you guys took, an, uh, took a lot of the good ones. We took the two good ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I think because my talent shame could have gone to Steve Wilkes in a way. So, like, yeah. I mean, could you could almost say McAdoo has been pretty darn good. You say Frankie Louvre. That's who I'm going with. That's who it was. It's kind of like the um the fail safe pick. Yep. Like he just always makes a big play in the run game, too. Um I think even YGM could get a little his like best game performance. Um, yeah. I mean, like for of his person, not that it was good. I mean, just saying, like, um, but no, it's gonna go for a dab on Frankie Louvu, who I think we have under contract for another year. Uh, yeah, I believe so. And if so, if so, man, that's gonna be such a steal just to keep him on whatever deal we got because he deserves a bit, a, a lot. He oh, deserves yeah. to get paid right now. Uh, best, arguably the best thing that came out of the rule era, Frankie Louvu. He's a rule yeah. guy. Temple. All right. Um, look, we've handled everything. Uh, I mean, one of the things, actually, I did look at this, and I just want to close. We'll talk about this on Tuesday. I pulled up the game book. <sighs> Somehow, the Bucks were only four for 15 on third down. Uh, we were four for 11. We had better third down conversion. They were two for two on fourth down. That hurt. That hurt. I think that was, that kind of probably skewed some of their uh, third down percentages a little bit. But um, tough game for the Carolina Panthers. Wish they would have won this one. Uh, we'll be here to talk about this on Tuesday night. Thanks, everybody, for your support in the chat room. Don't forget, you can call into the Tuesday night show, 252 228 5098. Um, we're on uh, all the podcast apps. Even if you listen to us on YouTube, go subscribe to us, leave us a review, share the link. If we could get those pods up and growing, like our YouTube channel is growing, this is the year of 20 C3, not 2023, 20 C3. The takeover has commenced. The C3 takeover started in force this year. But we're unleashing a barrage. The victory is coming in 20C3. Watch it. We're rising because of you guys. I appreciate it. I see it. what My, you did there. You did that. Well done, CK. Um, that's it. My name's Tony Dunn. Follow me on Twitter. Uh, that's it. Cody Lack, how can I get after you? Yeah, follow me on Twitter at Cody Lack, C-O-D-Y. And no, I'm still the Panthers analyst at drafttech.com. That's D-R-A-F-T-E-K.com. Check us out. Um, we're get, Pretty soon, we're going to be doing one every single week. Right now, we're bi-weekly, but 
hey, uh, keep it glued here to the C3 channel. We're going to be hitting that draft content, hopefully in a big way this season. And then uh, also every Friday at 7 p.m., it's your opportunity to be a part of the C3 Panthers podcast. Come on the show. Give your opinions. Let your voice be heard. That's every Friday at 7 p.m. on the Friday free-for-all right here on the C3 Panthers podcast. It's a tough one. It's a tough one, but mm-hmm. keep pounding, guys. Yeah, you can find me on uh, Twitter at Codizzle Allen. Um, and uh, obviously here uh, Tuesday nights. Uh, I pop in occasionally on the Friday nights as well. Um, and sorry, we haven't gotten you guys. Unfortunately, um, the uh, the Matt and Sim on Saturday nights have been falling on Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve the past few days or a few weeks. So we haven't had those drop for you on Saturday night. But uh, we should be back and doing the last one against New Orleans this Saturday. Um, and you guys come and enjoy the last one of the season that the Panthers uh, uh, Madden simulation is going to be predicting. Um, and uh, we'll go from there. But uh, yeah, uh, appreciate everybody and everybody have a happy uh, 20 C3. Yeah, let's use that hashtag. I'm going to use that all year. All right, uh, Cody Lack, take us out of here. Without further ado, C3 Nation, until next time, keep pounding. <laughs>